This is Turn on the Jets Film Room, your weekly extensive breakdown of New York Jets X's and O's. <laughs> now, here are your hosts, Joe Blewett. Stop route in the middle, curl. I actually like this throw from Dawn. Maybe I want to see him get rid of the ball a little bit sooner as he sees the soft coverage, but I like how he leads him outside. Great freaking snag. That's a snag, man. And former Texas Tech All-American, current Arena League coach, and the hero of the Monday Night Miracle, Marcus, Marcus Coleman. Coleman. And shot again by Coleman. You got to hand it to Marcus Coleman. He made the play earlier to pick it off in front of Gadsden, and then he read the eyes of the quarterback here. That interception is his third of the game, and that ties a Jets team mark. On Turn on the Jets Digital. And you are listening to – oh, I screwed up a little bit there. But you are listening to another edition of Turn on the Jets Film Room, the 28th edition of Turn on the Jets Film Room. And as we said last week, um, you know, this week we're going to be continuing our review of Adam Gates' offense. Uh, you know, part two of the series is not going to be as long as, as last week. We're going to jump through uh, about the 30 or so plays we have to go. Um, in this review, um, obviously you can find us on uh, YouTube at, you know, just turn on the jets, uh, slash TV or turn on the jets TV. But the easiest thing is to just go onto YouTube and just type in turn on the jets, uh, hit subscribe, watch the videos, leave comments there. Then obviously on iTunes, uh, TOJ space film space room. Um, we did get a five star rating and we really appreciate that. Um, and we had a lot of people, uh, watch the YouTube video last week. Um, you know, apparently it's probably because of, uh, people are so excited about Adam Gates and the offense and things like that, or maybe not excited, but they want to know about it. Uh, hopefully we continue that. But, uh, for all the people listening, like I said, if you can just, if you can just go to the podcast app and then you can leave a review there or even just a five star rating. Uh, if you don't want to leave a length review, just type in, you know, whatever, uh, like this podcast five stars like that's that's uh, a lot better than doing nothing so we really appreciate that obviously it takes a lot of work uh to put the show together so if you could do that take two minutes out of your day really we really really appreciate it and if you haven't noticed by now obviously uh marcus is not here he might be calling in um but he had some things to do and i have work later so i kind of had to get it done you know at this moment uh he'll be back probably you know obviously for next week and if not he'll maybe the next week after that whatever we'll figure it out he's gonna be a little bit busy because of the season but uh we have a ton of things coming up uh but like i just said next week we have greg williams and the switch to the four three um then i had the review of levy on bill coming up and if you want to follow me on twitter or marcus on twitter it's at joe rb 31 and he's at patch mc 42 um a lot of these reviews that i do I even do it in, in sometimes even more detail on Twitter because I can sit there and I can put the review out in, in two days. So I have time to put out each play. Um, obviously, this one I can talk about a little bit more. So it's like kind of give and take. This one you have to digest a little bit quicker where the other one you can kind of rewind it and watch it yourself, et cetera. Um, but yeah, they're on Twitter. And then if you want to just read, read an article for me as well, if you just go to uh, turnonthejets.com, my articles are posted there as well where I do a whole write-up um, I did like a freaking like a four page write up on Greg Williams defense that I'm going to talk about um, on the show next week. Uh, same thing with Adam Gase. I didn't really post too many plays or any plays actually of Greg Williams defense because it'd be very boring for me to show you. Hey, this is a four three overlook. Hey, this is a four three under. Hey, this is a four four. 
uh, three. Hey, this is a, this is a four two five. Like, you know, it's just, that's not very appealing. So I wrote a very long article. If you want to go read that, like I said, we both talk about it, um, next week. Uh, and we have a lot coming, like I said, uh, with the, with free agency coming up, we have the Le'Veon Bell review coming out, which a lot of people are kind of, you know, some people are really for it. Some people are really against it. I'm going to talk about my reasons for either being for it or against it. Go over the film, show exactly what he what he does. Um, once the Jets sign free agents, we're going to be breaking down all of the film of the free agents um, as well. So every single guy that we sign, uh, we're going to find as much film we can, break it down, tell you what kind of player they are, that we see that they are. Uh, and then with the draft, um, I'm going to read off the names of the people that I'll be getting done. I already have about 10 of them done. Uh, but we'll have reviews and all these reviews are going to have about 20 to 30 plays broken down, maybe a little bit less, maybe a little bit more. Um, but I already have a review done for Nick Bosa, Josh Allen, Cleveland Farrell, Brian Burns, Ja'Kai Polite, uh, Greedy Williams, Byron Murphy, Quinnen Williams, Ed Oliver. Uh, going to end up doing uh, Trayvon Mullen, DeAndre Baker, the corners. Uh, the offensive tackles, Jonah Williams, Greg Little, Yannick Juiced, uh, Risner, Jawan Taylor, uh, Taylor D- DK Metcalf, the receivers, uh, Nikhil Harry, Hakeem Butler, A.J. Brown, Kelvin Hardman, Hollywood Brown, Debo Samuel, Rashawn Gary, Devin White, all those guys we're going to have reviews of and we're going to talk about it on the show. Now, maybe I'll start putting out because with all those players, I'm not going to be able to – uh, just put out a show weekly. So maybe I'll, I'll bunch a couple guys up into one show. Maybe if I'll be like Nick Bosa and Josh Allen, that'll be like 60 plays in one show. So I might be releasing two shows a week uh, coming up to the draft because I want to get shows out about all these guys. Like, you know, one show about those two guys, maybe a show about Quinn Williams and Ed Oliver, and then, you know, a show each, like a 20, 30 minute show, or maybe an hour show just individually with some other guys. So we're going to have a ton of content coming your way. Uh, if you are interested in who the Jets sign and obviously the draft prospects as well, we're going to have just hours and hours and hours of film watching for those guys. Um, so hopefully you stick around. You want to learn some about those guys. And if you know some, or even if you know a lot, you kind of want to just hear, you know, uh, opinions that are different and how they stack up to yours, then this is the place for you. Um, but let's get into it. Oh yeah. By the way, we had a very interesting comment on uh, YouTube. Very, very heartfelt. It's probably one of the mo- things that meant the most to both Marcus and I, I screenshot it, sent a picture to him, and some guy commented that we are uh, a criminally underrated interracial podcast, and uh, that is exactly what we were shooting for when we started this show. Um, You know, we were like, eh, you know, two white guys, not that interesting. I was like, you know, a white guy and a black guy, interracial, perfect. That's exactly where... Uh, we want to be going in, in 2019. So that's that's the reason for the show. That's that's the comment we were hoping to hear for uh, with tw- through 28 weeks of the show. So we really really appreciate that. Um, it's actually pretty funny though. So the Jets obviously made some new hires. Um, you know this week uh, in terms of like the assistant coaches and things like that. I'm going to talk about them a little bit, um, not too much because I do want to get into the the film of uh, Adam Gase and the rest of the offense that I have to uh, talk about. But uh, uh, the, the new offensive coordinator is Dowell Loggins, the guy who looks like Spencer from, from King of Queens. Um, if you don't know what he looks like, go look up Dowell Loggins and then go look up uh, Spencer from King of Queens. And you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, I believe I was the first one to say that, so don't let anybody steal that from me. But as soon as I saw his face, like I have seen this guy before, but uh, you look at his track record coaching. Let me just read some things off um, for you guys and – comes to the Jets with 10 years of uh, offensive coaching experience, and he had a couple of different quarterbacks under his tenure that we'll talk about. Uh, 
he started with the Tennessee Titans as an offensive quality control coordinator in 2018. Uh, he went to be a quarterbacks coach in 2010. Um, and then 2012, he became offensive coordinator again. Uh, he came, he was, a, he was one of those guys who really uh, kind of pushed for the Browns to sign Johnny Manziel or to draft Johnny Manziel. And he went on a limb and said that they should get him and they want to wreck the league together and all this stuff. Obviously, it didn't really happen. Um, he was promoted to offensive coordinator for the Bears when Gase left for the Dolphins in 2016. Uh, the Bears sucked under under him. Uh, the Bears fired him, and then they hired uh, Lo- Logans or Logans or whatever uh, with the Dolphins for the 2018 season. Obviously, he's now he's with the Jets, but uh, his experience with young quarterbacks, um, he has a bad track record if you look at it i'm just basically reading off an article right here because i just not going to type all this stuff out but uh coached four guys vince young didn't work out for many reasons injuries and him being batshit crazy uh jake locker injuries as well um he still was not a good quarterback at all johnny Manziel did not work out head case and wasn't that good even if and mitch trubisky who developed into a good quarterback but that wasn't you know obviously all log games that was that was this year um and then you look at the offenses that he that he coached and some of the some of the records that he had. Um, offensive coordinator, Logan's teams or Logan's teams never ranked better than 15th in yards and 19th in points. Uh, on average of all of his offenses, he ranked 25th in yards and 26th in points, which is garbage. Um, and his worst seasons came in the last two tenures as offensive coordinator. 2017 uh, with the Bears, he finished 29th in points in total offense. And ESPN ranked him the worst play, call, uh, play caller in the league, which I don't really care about what they say, to be completely honest. I'd rather watch it for myself, but it means something. Um, and then last year, uh, Miami ranked 31st in points, 26th in yards, and 26th in offensive DVOA, which we talked about the offense and you know who's going to be calling that. And obviously, Gase hired uh, Dowell Loggins because – he's comfortable with him which is you know it is what it is I don't love that hire and I thought with the Greg Williams hire that he's gonna hire some guys outside the box um but the hire of you know logins it's it's evident that he's gonna hire some people who um he's comfortable with but for the people who said oh it doesn't really matter because you know Sam Donald will be coached under under Gase it that's that's true obviously uh Gase is going to have the kind of the biggest hand in developing Sam Donald and calling the plays and being like the the head coach slash offensive coordinator slash, uh, you know, quarterbacks coach is what I'm looking for. Um, but to deny that Loggins is going to have uh, a big part in Sam Donald's development would be foolish because he's going to be with them, you know, every single day. Um, when Adam Gase is, you know, tending to his, his uh, duties as a head coach, whether it be meetings or going into the defensive meeting rooms or whatever he has to do, you know, he's not going to be involved in the defense that much. He still has a lot of things um, to do and more things on his plate than an offensive coordinator would have to do. So an offensive coordinator would be more practical to say, okay, well, he'll just be the offensive coordinator, uh, quarterbacks coach. He's going to be the only guy who deals with, with Donald, which I would agree with. But when you're head coach, you're still going to have responsibilities um, more than just the offense, uh, regardless of even if Adam Gates just came out and said that he's just going to be with Sam Donald in the offense. He, he has some things he's have to tend to, whether it be signing of guys or sitting on meetings on, on the draft or whatever it may be. So Loggins is going to have a role in Sam Donald's development, which I do not like because – the guy sucks um, everywhere he's been. He hasn't really proven anything in the NFL. And this is just a sign that Gase is going to hire guys he's comfortable with, like I said. Uh, 
and comfortability in terms of, okay, well, he knows the offense. Uh, he doesn't have to tell him the offense. Uh, Loggins has a very good understanding for it. And another hire that I didn't like that kind of relates to the, to the Loggins hire was a uh, new wide receiver coach, Sean Jefferson, who came from Miami as well. Uh, do not like that the Jets fired Cardinal Rowe. And he, listen, people, a lot of people like hype up Denard Wilson and, oh, he's so good. Denard Wilson, I don't, I don't get the hype. I, th- I think because there's probably one or two articles since he's been hired with the Rams that he developed all these guys. He's been so good. Uh, me and Marcus consistently shown over the entire 2018, even well, I showed 2017 uh, season as well, that the players had bad technique under him. Um, and was that the players and their comfortability uh, with what they're doing? And, okay, I want to bail. I want to open up you know, too soon. Um, or was that Denard Wilson teaching them that? You never really know because you're not in the meeting rooms, but regardless, it had to be fixed, uh, whether it be by them fixing the technique or them sitting down uh, or him just having to hammer in their head that they have to have their hands on at the line of scrimmage because they just never did. Or, hey, you know, blitzing, let's play 10 yards off and then backpedal uh, when it's third and three and you're blitzing, which, again, is that Denard Wilson? Is that Todd Bowles? That the players? It's hard to really know, but um, there's no reason for him to get hype. I, I don't believe. It's not like he's developed corners. Um, with the Jets. It's not like Claiborne's got better under him. It's not like uh, Trey Johnson played better when he came back. So um, that he did, obviously, with the, with the Rams. Um, so it doesn't really make too too much sense why people hype him up. But Carl Durrell is one of those guys who I actually really like to see the development of Quincy Nunois, who's a late-round pick. A uh, practice squad player came out to be, you know, a pretty, a pretty good threat for the Jets' offense. A Robbie Anderson, undrafted guy, develops into – um, one of the best deep threats in the in the NFL. Jermaine Curse had a big season under him. People are gonna say, "Oh, well, what about our Darius Stewart and, and Chad Hansen?" There's just there's almost there's only so much you can do with just lost products. Uh, that's that's more of a uh, you know an indictment on McCagney's drafting is Carl Durrell. So I, I like Durrell. Uh, now he signed with the Miami Dolphins, which I do not like. But uh, Sean Jefferson. A uh, guy who obviously he's coaching in the NFL and he was in the NFL. Um, for a decent amount of years. In 1991, he was drafted uh, by the Houston Oilers. Uh, he got traded to the Chargers. He played in five seasons uh, with the Chargers, then played with New England and Foxborough. He played there for four seasons, and then he kind of bounced around a little bit between Atlanta and Detroit his last couple of years. Uh, season in his career, he finished with 7,000 yards, almost 30 touchdowns, which he had a decent career. Uh, played in two Super Bowls with the Chargers and the Patriots. Um, and in terms of his coaching experience, he was a wide receiver coach for the Dolphin or for the uh, Lions in 2008, and he was there until 2012. Uh, he obviously developed and, and coached uh, one of the best receivers of my generation, probably of all time, Calvin Johnson. Retired pretty early, but he'll he'll probably be in the Hall of Fame. Uh, he was just absolutely a beast when he was uh, playing football. And then the last three seasons, he was with. Uh, you know, he was uh, with the Dolphins under or after Gase left – or actually when Gase joined, sorry, he, he joined uh, their wide receiver staff. So he has familiarity with Gase and Gase is bringing him in. And, you know, okay, he's played wide receiver. That's good. Uh, Coach Calvin Johnson, that's good. So maybe he could teach some things or, or share some knowledge that he gained from Calvin Johnson onto the Jets receivers. And maybe it's good because to change up, they got all the coaching they could get from Carl Durrell. Um and now he could bring on some new tactics, maybe new releases, new ideas, whatever, and they can kind of mesh them together. Could that be a reason for positivity? Yeah, but I still like Darrell, so I don't, I don't like that they fired him. But Sean Jefferson, it's not like, it's not like he's a, you know, a terrible wide receiver coach, but you look at guys like Devontae Parker, how much has he really developed? Um, under him, not too much. Uh, he's a guy who's consistently being talked about being traded or cut. Um, but we'll see how that works out. I don't hate that hire as much as I hate 
no, I don't hate that hire, but I hate the fire of Durrell. I hate the hire of Loggins, but we'll see how that works out. Um, but it's just not a great offensive staff. But what they what they did do was bring in Frank Pollock, uh, the offensive line coach, who I, which which I really like. Uh, they're probably they're most likely going to fire Rick Dennison. I haven't heard anything about him, but Rick Dennison was a guy who Buffalo Bills fans did not like. I did not like. Uh, didn't really love his team this year. Uh, they were pretty bland at times. And you look at Frank Pollock and what he's done. 2018 with the Bengals, a really good rushing attack there. Uh, the passing off the the passing. The pass blocking wasn't that great, but uh, they had obviously Andy Dalton and then whoever the backup was for a good amount of the game. So you can't expect it to be too great when you have a guy holding the ball back there forever because you have A.J. Green out and no receivers really getting open. So I'm not going to kill him for that, but the run game was still really, really good uh, with Joe Mixon running behind it. And then you look at what he did with the Cowboys 2013 to 2017. He was the biggest part of developing that just – absolutely dominant offensive line that the Cowboys had for a couple of years. And they still have a pretty good offensive line. It wasn't as good as it was in like 2016, 2017, uh, 2015, but he developed all those young guys. So you look at his development with those guys, it was a dredge draft, you know, whether it be a, a Jonah Williams or a Risner or Juwan Taylor, whoever it may be, hopefully you can develop those guys as he developed the guys with the Cowboys. So that's a really, really good hire. Definitely like that one. The other two offensive ones I uh, didn't really love, but, Let's get off of that now because I do want to get to, um, like I said, the the coaching and uh, or of, uh, of Adam Gase. So let me bring up the plays that I uh, had off last week. I can see where I ended off. Uh, I know we got another like 30 plays to do. We ended on the jet sweep pass. Yeah, 74-yard touchdown. Okay, uh, so this next play. And bring it up here. And like I said, I'm just going to keep showing concepts, some things I talked about. Got about 30 plays. I'll run through them relatively quickly. I'm not going to spend too, too much time. Um, but right here, you have a split gun set right here, split gun set. Um, two by one. Uh, this is a slot formation, just a standard slot formation uh, with the, you can call them an, you can call them an X. You can call it, you can say X tight over here. Uh, some people, or you could say, let's just say flanker, uh, tight flanker, because some people say, okay, well, and, and it depends on the terminology, but some people say, okay, the guy on the one receiver side is the X. Um, but some people always consider the X, the guy who's a split end, who's a split end just on the line of scrimmage. Uh, he's a flanker because he's off the line of scrimmage. So let's just call him the, the, the flanker tight uh, split gun set. And here you have a Yankee concept. Um, and I showed that he ran, he ran us a f- quite a few times the Yankee concept. This is actually one of the, one of the better throws from Tannenhill. Um, but he likes this, and this is a good call. Um, versus cover three, because one, you have that, you have that top of the screen. Um, you're going to have that nine route or that you almost actually take a deep post. Um, with a, he's, he's breaking outwards on that, on that vertical stem, but that's occupying that third, uh, defensive back right there the deep third and then you're making you're really stressing the defense um one to or one of the linebackers to get vertical and then this safety is put in in a pretty much he's put in an impossible um situation here because does he take does he take the the deep uh the shorter over or the you know post route if you want to call it that um like i said you know the yankee concept both guys working deep usually have a deep over and a um, post, or you can have a deep dig in a post, um, but it really stresses the middle, deep third of that uh, cover three. Tannehill um, sees that the safety takes – he kind of actually – he almost takes that the, the post on the outside and passes the uh, other post inside off to the other deep third safety on the 
uh, boundary side of the field. But Tannehill makes a nice throw between the two linebackers uh, to whatever receiver this is. But like I said, just showing some versatility in, in his offense. He definitely likes Yankee concepts or mesh concepts, deep mesh concepts, overs, unders, with uh, posts behind it, um, almost working as like a, a Mills and a Yankee at the same time um, type of concept. So, again, just showing some versatility. Um, in his offense. Let me bring up next play. Uh, let's see what this one is. Cover one, third and 10. Sometimes I, I, I just mark them. It's like, oh, okay, well, now I, I remember it's third and 10 um, and cover one. So uh, I know what you know what down it is when I'm putting it up on, on Twitter or in the article. But now I have to watch it again to uh, kind of learn with you guys. I have to watch it with you guys and to, to know what I'm, what I'm looking at. Um, so here you have a you have a okay well, so the bottom of the screen you have a you have a hawk concept um, three three by one gun set uh, with the running back to the to the weak side. Uh, this looks that it's probably that's a tight end right there running the uh, short, um, the short drag route. And this is one of those throws where Tanhill misses it. And I show this plenty, and we're gonna, I'm going to keep showing this. But you have the hawk concept, you have the, you have the the nine route from the outside, and then you have the uh, you know, the out route from the inside, uh, they can cut that either short or, or longer, depending on the pressure and the look. He obviously, de- he, he decides to take it, take the vertical stem about 10 yards, a little bit past 10 yards down the field, but maybe about 12 yards. And this is one of those throws where Tannehill misses it. Uh, and one, it's because he's fading a little bit. He doesn't really step through the throw, but that's because of the pressure. He's getting a little bit nervous of that pressure. He could have stepped into that throw, but he didn't. But if you had, you, you know this, you know the cornerbacks in trail right here when he's going to throw the ball. Um, so you're going to want to lead him, you know, outside. Not, not, not he's not going to want to lead him upfield. So this is one of those throws where he misses because he throws the ball upfield right here, and it's one. It's a hard catch for the for the uh, receiver to make, and it allows the corner to one get his face and contest it a little bit. Where if the ball was out here like it's supposed to be, that's a catch for third down or or, or for a, a third down conversion for like 15 yard or so gain. Uh, but Tanhill misses it because he's just not that good of a quarterback. He misses a ton of throws, um, and I've seen that plenty over watching this film, and that's why I kind of like uh, – it's just something that, that stuck out to me a lot, and that's why they put it in this review a lot because it's something I saw very, very consistently. Um, so here we have a – this is uh, – so I call this – I would call this uh, – Y off trips. The Y is off, and it's Y trips because the Y is in the trips. It's not a bunch because he's not tight. And if it was like a, if it was if if he was flexed out, I would call it like a Y flex, or or you can call it a tray. Uh, when the, when the tight ends flex, I usually call it tray. Um, but it's obviously called Y off trips uh, to the to the, obviously to the top of the screen right here to the to the boundary. So it's a three by one Y off trips uh, single back um, set, and. Again, so you have that motion um, from the from the tight end right there, which is which helps him ID the defense. Uh, on this at this look, it could be okay. Well, it could be cover three, um, potentially. Uh, that motion, okay. Now he's probably thinking that it is cover one, uh, which it does turn into which does turn into a, a cover one. Um, look, we have some we have some um, extra help under underneath with that cover one. So it's almost like a funnel one, and Tannehill. Again, he just misses a throw. Um, this this happens a lot with him. Um, we're right here. He has some pressure as he's dropping back, and he, uh, you know as he hitches up in the pocket. But I, oh, this is why I go to the other view to show this. But as Tannehill drops back, 
he actually looks at this inside in this inside post right here um and you have to you have to realize that the one he has, he has there's plenty of separation here for him to fit this this throw in right here um which he doesn't do that safety is almost you know let's say almost you know 12 15 yards off so he has to be able to fit it in there and the and the receiver who's covering or the uh cornerback who's covering him because of that little they always they they run a lot of um switch stems and and rubs and things like that so that like kind of almost like that switch stem right there helps uh you know the the receiver get leverage on that corner and he has to recognize that and fit this ball in right here um just whip it in there um and he doesn't instead he just decides to chuck the ball up to the nine route which is covered pretty damn well by i believe it was gilmore on this play um and he doesn't he doesn't you know catch the ball um but if you go back to this other view um like I said, that you have the motion right there helps him ID the defense. Drops back. You see him looking. Right, he's looking right to the middle of the field right there, and it's Stills. So Stills is fast. The fastest guy, or one of the fastest guys on the team. They have do. They do have a lot of fast guys like Drake and Grant on their team. Um, but at this point, when he has that leverage and he's working to the middle of the field, I, I think he should throw that ball. You know, uh, you know, slide in the pocket right here, throw that ball. But he doesn't have a lot of gut, a lot of his pocket mobility is not great either. Uh, once he sees that rush right here, I'd like to see him, you know, start that slide and up into the pocket a little bit sooner. But he does not do that. He just he doesn't have great pocket awareness, like I said. And at this point, as he's look, he's open. He's very open. Uh, I know there's a there's a, there's a safety about ten yards down the field right here. But just lead him, you know, right to the 50-yard line, uh, a little bit past to the left of the hash, and you're leading him and put the ball low, and boom, it's a catch. But what does he do? He just chucks the ball up to nine route because he's just, like I said, he's just not that good of a quarterback. Um, unfortunately for, you know, uh, Gase and his offense, he just he missed a ton of throws. He, he made a couple of good ones, but uh, even the throw, like he's, listen, he yeah, he has some pressure nipping at his heels right here. He has plenty of room after that guy dies his ankles to make to to make a clean throw, to make a throw like this with like an off balance base right here. Um, it's un unnecessary as well. He has t he has time to to uh, to set and throw this ball with with accuracy, um, and he should have seen the post in the middle anyway. But he decides, like I said, to throw the nine because it just is what Tannehill is. Um, like I said, so moving on to the next one. <coughs> um, let's see. This is an overthrow from Tanhill versus a linebacker. Oh, this is going to be where – okay, so this is one of those plays where he flexes out the uh, tight end right here. And this is the tight end, so it's a two-by-two two gun uh, with the running back. You can call him strong even though the, the tight end is working more as a receiver, but he's on the tight end side. It's two-by-two two, uh, gun. The, the running back is actually a little bit offset, so it's like a, almost like an offset gun a little bit. Um, but this is, this is another thing that Adam Gase likes to do with his offense, and it's isolate – tight ends versus linebackers which again uh this is showing a man look um yeah it's definitely it's definitely a man look when, especially when you have a tight end when you have a linebacker follow a tight end out that far it's usually it's usually going to be man um he isolates that um and look the tight one gasecki he sucked he's not he's not a good tight end i believe this is gasecki um, for all the hype he got coming, you know, out of the draft and out of common and all that stuff or whatever, um, he was just not very good um, for his athleticism, blocking anything. Um, the release is not good um, at all. Doesn't clear the hands. He doesn't really. He doesn't really, you know, step on the linebacker's toes as he should. He's not able. He, he he's eventually able to um, stack him and get on top of him and 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 hold his stem, which is good. But the release is not good. The rest of it's decently uh, decently good. But again, Tannehill, this comes open. 
Now, is this like wide open? No, but <clears throat> he should hit this throw. And what does he, what does he do? He overthrows it by about five yards. Um, and I know this, this it's a cover one look and you have the safety, you know, coming over, but as he throws the ball, he's here. Now, is he ever going to get over there? Unless it's like a guy like a uh, Malik Hooker, or like Ed Reed in his prime, or one of those safeties, a crazy, uh, crazy range of them, maybe like an Eddie Jackson. He's not going to make this play. He just needs to lead him to where, where he can. Um, and you don't even have to lead him inside. Just, just vertically here, if it's on target, you allow Gusecki to get his hands on it and uh, attempt to make a play. So this is where you're going to see uh, Chris Herndon. Uh, Chris Herndon doesn't have the speed that Gusecki does, but he has better releases than Gusecki does. He's more powerful, more able to hold his stem, uh, able to fight for the ball, better come back to the ball, play it in the air, body control. Uh, he's better in a lot of areas than, than Gusecki is. Uh, or at least I, I believe that it's Gusecki. So missed throw from Tannehill, um, not not a shocker at this point. And I put up, a, like I said, a lot of plays of this, and uh, people think I'm like I might be being biased, but you'll see with some other reviews, I'm I'm not biased. And some guys like uh, Greedy Williams, like I'm, eh, I don't know. We'll talk about those guys. I I didn't love love those guys. I don't you know love the corners that are coming out. So I don't really think they're great options for the Jets. We'll talk about that. You know in a different time uh, or at a different time. So here it's another uh, gun set two by two running back week. You have the, the wide ton in line right there. And he's to the weak side because this is a close side where the tight end is. Um, so you have the, you have the stack right here. Like I said, ton of stacks. And this is another, another play by Tannehill where it's just terrible. Um, there's, there's really no way to excuse this um, as the Bengals played a lot of cover one this game. And they're playing. They're playing first. It looks like they're playing like first in, first out right there, um, or they could just be playing straight up man, where you're allowing uh, he's he's man on him and he's man on him no matter what, or he's just letting whoever releases vertical um, come out to the corner right there. Uh, he takes the drag route number twenty-seven, which I believe is Kirkpatrick, or maybe it's twenty-one. Uh, could be looks like it's almost a seven though. Could be. I think I think it's Craig Kirkpatrick. Um, and again. Tenhill never looks that side. He stares down receivers a ton. Drops back. Drops back. Stares at that. Um, I think it's. I don't, I don't know who, what receiver that is, but the corner is mugging him. He has he, the corner played it great. Got his hands on. Kept his hips square. Um, you know the contact is allowed within within those five yards. So he, play, he plays that great. Tenhill stares at the entire time. Never looks to the right. Not one time. Especially when you're looking to the right. When you have a cover one look, they're showing – this is most likely cover one pre, uh, post. Um, they're showing a cover one shell. Um, so at least look to the right side. Amendola comes open. This is first down. You can see, you can see it right there. So, so Tannehill decides to, to stare this down. You look at the top of the screen, stare that down and throw that instead of throwing it to Amendola who, yeah, it, maybe, it, maybe it's only a five-yard, six-yard completion on a drag route. But then again, it could, be fo- it could be longer. If you lead him right here, you get some good blocks from these guys. One, he can turn up maybe for 10 yards. Maybe he can turn up for 50 yards. If, if he breaks his tackle and, he's got, and he gets some good uh, you know, blocks here, this can go for a decent chunk of yards, and he just does not throw it because he stares down a mugged, uh, a mugged curl route from the top, of the, the top of the screen right there from the, uh, from the boundary receiver. So um, we'll keep going on to some more. Uh, number thirty-two, double post. Okay, so this is this is I like this concept. This is a uh, they they work this as a scissors. Uh, so you have a two by two running back week Y off uh, with a, with a tight uh, with a tight receiver right here. 
uh, slot formation to the to the top of the screen, and this is a double post uh, scissors. It's 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 double post and scissors. So this double post, uh, which looks like cover three, yeah, it looks like so it's a cover three um, defense, or actually it could be. Let me see. Do, 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 do. It's actually almost like a combo of of zone and and man right here, but regardless, you have the double post right here occupy these two deep defensive backs, and you isolate again this running back, which at thirty two is Drake versus a linebacker who runs a deep corner route. You can call it a a flag route if you want. I'm gonna call it a corner. The double post occupies and pulls these two deep defensive backs into the middle of the field. And then you're isolating, like I said, that linebacker versus the running back on the uh, corner route. A lot of people have been saying, okay, we'll just, you know, uh, Trenton Cannon can fill Drake's role. I don't agree with that. I don't think Trenton Trenton uh, Cannon's a great route runner. I don't think he has great hands. He can't track a ball well. He doesn't have great body control. He can't see lanes like Drake can. He doesn't make cuts like Drake can. If you get him on a screen and just ask him to run straight, yeah, he's great. Um, but at the same time, he does not have the abilities that Drake does. You can't just plug in Cannon to be Drake. It's just it's just not what it is. Um, <clears throat> but like I said, isolates that linebacker. And that's pretty much as open as you could possibly get in the NFL, or pretty much unless you're playing Jets or blown defenses. Uh, but again, like I said, with that double post um, occupying those those deep uh, defensive backs and isolating that corner is is a great concept. Like I said, works as a double post scissors, um, and the running back has about you know five to seven yards of room. Ten Hunt's making easy. Just a, this is a general accuracy throw. This is easy for a quarterback. This isn't a pinpoint throw. You just got to put it on the on the on the running back's body right here, and it's an easy touchdown. So, a uh, great concept that I that I saw from Gase that I liked, and he ran that. Uh, a few times, not too, too much. Like I said, there's some problems where I think he tried to outsmart himself um, at times. So this next play, um, again, it's a two-by-two two two gun. This looks like a flexed-out uh, Y. So I would say the running back is strong on the two-by-two two gun. Uh, inverted tight slot right here and then a stack on the top. Uh, and this is one thing that he that he. Definitely like to do. Uh, I just showed it, you know, what, two plays in a row or two out of the last three plays. Running backs versus uh, linebackers is a big thing um, or was a big thing for the Dolphins. And this was a – this is a cover one robber um, where they're showing cover two, potentially maybe like a pressed cover four, but uh, definitely, you know, cover two look. You have the um, safety who's going to come down and try to rob the middle of the field. Um, which he does. He's going to he try to take any any crossing routes and pick that off. So cover one robber. Um, and again, you have the you have the tight set right here, uh, invert the tight inverted slot, and both of those routes are occupying those two guys. Which it's cover one, so it doesn't really matter. But they're both in breaking, so it's not he's not cluttering this side of the field, which is good. Um, the running back releases on the on the wheel route, isolating that linebacker which is and and that short whip route right there is is another good thing about that because if he goes under they're going to assume that he that he's going to have leverage on him because he's faster than the linebacker if he tries to go over he's going to run into a bunch of guys so the linebacker and man coverage is beat here from the jump um just by this the, the tight set right here uh he just he's not going to be able to make this play unfortunately the ball is tipped uh, at the line right there by that by that uh that what is it? it looks like a four eye tech. Um, the ball is tipped, but 
and it looks like Tannehill throws a, with some velocity on it and a, a line drive, which I did not – I'm not going to kill him for this decision. I don't love this decision, though. I understand he's trying to fit the ball in, and this would be probably one of those throws where, you know, Drake would have to either bucket catch it um, or, like, cradle it or maybe, like, do one of those, like, where he kind of, like, spins around and keeps running up. I like to see him lead him, uh, float it out here because there's nobody out here and you'd, you'd allow Drake to, to continue uh, running past the linebacker. So you probably have a better chance if you, if you lead him right here to run under the ball and get a touchdown where if you whip it right here, you have to secure the catches and a slow him down. Maybe you can make the tackle. So I don't love the decision to, to, to whip it in there um, with some little bit of pressure coming from that four eye tech. I would like to see him throw it, you know, like I said, like almost more of a lollipop, I'm not going to kill him for it. Um, but it's just a decision that, that I noticed I did not love. Uh, but again, another concept that opened up a, a uh, running back and got him open, it just got tipped at the line. So there's nothing we could really game plan for to tip guys at the line or, or for tip passes. You don't really think, oh, well, they're going to tip this pass. So <clears throat> unless you're playing a guy who you know tips passes, then you can game plan for it a little bit more, maybe jump set them instead of vertical sets or, or 45-degree sets. But that's a whole other different story. Um, so this is one of those plays we talked about last week. A uh, little bit too cute on, on third and one. Uh, I don't love the the concept um, where you have the deep. It's almost it's it's actually almost going to turn. It's like another it's like another sale type concept. It's on the it's not on the sideline um, like most vertical or most uh, sale concepts are, but it's still a three level read with the same type of routes. Um, you have the the backside uh, linebacker unblocked. And a a rollout to to the right, which like I said, it's third and one. Just just get the first down. Um, so you have this is uh, uh, twenty or twelve person, yeah, twelve personnel right here. Uh, we have two tight ends, which makes up the two part of the twelve. One running back and two receivers um, who are both you know super tight. One is running. He's as that sifter as that as it comes into the flat route, uh, which gets broken up because you have that um, six eye tech. You can call almost maybe a five um, working up the fields. The boom that takes that one route of the play already. Um, you're gonna have some pressure on him um, because of the the rollout, which he actually doesn't have a lot of pressure on him. But you most rollouts like that, you're going to have at least a little bit of pressure. And if they're playing. Um, sound man right here. It's nobody's really going to be that open. Now, maybe he can fit that ball into that over route from the wide tight end uh, from the top of the screen right here. Maybe he can fit it in like right there. Um, but it's still not, it's still not a great concept. He could fit it in low and if he's going to have to duck down for the ball um, or maybe for that, like that deep flag route um, from the bottom of the screen wide receiver. But again, on third and one, rolling out like this, say a deeper concept uh, with a sale, either, like I said, the short, intermediate, and, and deep uh, read. I do not love that. Usually you read this uh, deep to short. Um, so he's reading deep, then short, then middle, but uh, or that, then short. No, sorry, deep, middle, then short. Um, like I said, it's not, I'm not a big fan of that, of that concept, especially when you only have to pick up you know, one yard. It's just a little bit too much for me. Um, moving on, though. Third and five, uh, yeah. So this is one that I really, I really like. This uh, Fuller is one of those corners where he's one of those guys who's he's either gonna he's he's gonna he's gonna he presses sometimes, but he usually plays off. And he, he Fuller loves to jump routes. He loves to read the read the quarterbacks and jump routes. Um, 
hear – you can't really tell if he is reading the, the quarterback. It's a little bit hard from this angle. Um, but he sees that – one, it's a running back on, uh, on the bottom of the screen isolated in three-by-one um, three running back week gun set. And Fuller probably never thinks he's going to throw this ball to, to uh, the running back because it's a running back versus Fuller, who's one of the better corners in the league. He's not you know top, top tier, but he's still pretty solid. He had like seven interceptions or whatever it was this year. So he's going to try to jump this um, if it is thrown to him. And this is film study by knowing that Fuller is one of those guys who likes to jump routes. Um, and he runs a double move. Uh, looks like a curl, and he spins back out uh, to, to the outside uh, and runs a you know nine route. So it's a double move. Uh, boom, gets hit for a big you know uh, first down on, on third and five for almost you know whatever amount of yards is from the 50 to the – 25 so it's about a 25 yard gain on on third and five because of film study um and i can almost guarantee that that this is because they knew that fuller um likes to jump balls so great you know play by gates there great play call isolating um the running back versus the uh versus the cornerback another play where i talked about last week where gase is he was really like I said, Tannehill, the offensive line wasn't great. He did have some some skill players that were pretty solid with, in terms of scheme with with Drake and with Albert Wilson, but it still just wasn't a great offensive team. And you know, obviously having guys uh, like this game with Brock Osweiler uh, playing, it's a little bit harder as well. Working with guys like Brock Osweiler, Jay Cutler, Matt Moore doesn't necessarily help when your starting quarterback misses half the games that you coached for. Um, this is one of those plays where it's just a swing route. Um, and it's like a swing screen and look at the top of the screen. Look at, look at that stack. Look at them try to block one guy. They get, they get one hand on the guy as he just, well, he, he's, he's, uh, you have him filling or you have him forcing to the inside and then you have the, you have the fill player coming from the inside. Um, but two guys came and block one, you know, one freaking uh, defensive back. Now, if they took a better angle and Amendola, you know, kicked him out right here, and then you have that tight end, or yeah, it looks like a tight end. Yeah, it's definitely a tight end. Uh, work up the field. Then you'd have, if you look at it, he gets blocked. He would get blocked. And then he would have to make a move versus a linebacker to get a big gain and maybe move versus safety. And it's, it's a touchdown or, or a bigger gain. But because two guys can't block one defensive back, um, it just never works. So it's something I saw consistently where they had really bad blockers and maybe he should have ran less screens because of that bad blocking. But at the same time, uh, he had Tannehill and these type of quarterbacks, like I said before, working as, as, you know, or working under center. So did he really have, um, you know, much to work with in terms of concepts that he can run? This is one of the plays I did like. Uh, a lot of times when you're coming out in a, let me see what it is, 22 uh, personnel you have it's an I formation, um, and you're coming out on that. You're usually you're just gonna you're gonna see an ISO. You're gonna see whatever it may be. This this fullback's gonna lead the um, you know the running back into a hole. They're gonna try to gain two yards and, and live to play another down instead of getting a safety. I actually like this. It's a little bit ballsy, which I like too. You have the play action. It's not really a play action. So it's like a really weak play action. He just drops back basically, and you have the fullback right here who leaks down into the flat. You have the running back who is usually if the, if he, if there is a pass play, the running back's usually going to come out on a route or stay in the block. Um, but you're not expecting the the fullback who is a tight end, I believe, um, 83. I don't know who exactly who that is, um, but he leaks down to the flat. You have a spot concept on, and he ran this a few times. 
uh, with 22 personnel. He definitely likes to run spot concepts as well um, on these short down situations, uh, whether it be third and one, third and two, or just trying to pick up you know a couple of yards uh, when you're you know obviously one yard away from getting a safety. I don't know, literally the, as close as I could be to a safety right here. Um, and it's a spot concept. Spot concept is just a shorter triangle read um, where you're going to have a, a you know a snag, and it can be different routes. But typically, this is what it is. Um, you, have a, you have a snag from the outside. The inside receiver runs that uh, short corner route, and then you have somebody leaking into the flat. Like I said, tri- uh, triangle read right here. You could you could draw a triangle, um, and that's what it is. It's a spot concept. So good concept. Um, on the one yard line and the tight end picks up, you know, 11 yards right there on a situation where you're, you, most coaches would be happy to get two yards on a, uh, on a first and 10 from the one yard line in your own territory. So um, let's see the next one, third and five, um, put nice concepts, open man, uh, middle versus cover three. So let's see what this is. Like I said, I don't mark everything down. So I know exactly what it is while I'm watching it. So I kind of, I'm kind of doing this almost like my review in, in real time. Um, so this is another three-level read, uh, and we and we saw this before actually, where this, where the the short and the intermediate almost works as a cab. Usually, a cab you just have um, this inside receiver just running a short in route, and then you'd have a deep dig behind it. Uh, it's a little bit different because you have a whip route, so it's a new little wrinkle kind of in the cab concept. But you have that cab over the middle, and then you have um, this this interior you know seam route. Which is nice. That's a that's it's a good it's a good concept because this uh, the interior you know seam route or post uh, he's he's carrying that linebacker out of that middle um, of the field right there, which opens up the um, intermediate and the short for the uh, you know for those like I said the short and intermediate receiver intermediate receivers um, and you have that dig route which gets hit I believe for a first down yeah so it's a it's a first down. Um, and Marcus was talking about this last week. He's like, dude, I don't know how necessarily to defend this. Like, what what defense would work um, versus this? Other than like a man look, maybe maybe if you have a if a hold defender and the hold defender plays it really well, um, but still defending a a whip route and a dig route versus with cover one is not necessarily easy. But a good concept right here that goes for you know a a big gain. Um, next play. Play number 39 that I recorded that we've been talking about is a set of drive concept with a weak wing. Um, seam versus cover two. Let's play this in real time. Okay. Um, so I'm not going to call this drive, actually. I'm going to call this crash from the bottom. Uh, okay, so drive concept on the bottom, um, which I want to call crash because it's out wide. Usually a drive concept, you, you have a, like, a, like a Y or a really tight alignment. When it comes from out, from from wide or out, I call that a, a crash concept. So it's a crash concept to the bottom. Um, we had the short in almost, yeah. It's, it's a really short in, and then you have the uh, the dig route from from the inside. Um, which one, if it's man, those are two hard routes to defend. Digs anything in breaking is really hard to defend in man unless you're playing with inside leverage, um, which usually doesn't happen from from guys who are. Um, playing in cover one, uh, unless you're really just in cover one in general, you're, you're going to play with outside leverage for, for corners and uh, defensive backs or, or linebackers who are playing like two LOS, which is two line of scrimmage, but they're going to play like shielding out to the outside with their hips turned inside. Um, so one, if it's in man coverage, it's, it's hard to, to defend. And if you're in zone coverage, it's hard to defend uh, from, and he's going to throw it to this, but I like, I like the concept because in zone coverage, 
you have two things. You have two guys working short intermediate. Um, the intermediate either is going to pull back the defense opening up this, which is wide open, the, the, uh, the short in or, or uh, drag route. And if the linebackers jump on that, um, that route from the, from the, the, the shorter route, you have the route open behind it. But Tannehill doesn't even hit one of those guys. Um, he hits that, the, uh, the seam route right here on the top of the screen from the uh, Y tight end and the, like I said, two by two, uh, weak running back, gun set uh, with the tight end wing right here. So he hits that, like I said, deep dig. Or, yeah, I'd say it's a deep dig. He breaks it a little bit more vertically because there's some there's a linebacker underneath who's playing it. So it's actually a good uh, job by that tight end to find the open space right there um, in this cover two. Uh, yeah, cover two defense. So good job by him. Tannehill, this is, this is one of the nice throws he makes, but it's just there's so few and far in, in between these nice plays that he makes. Um, so good concept. Um, the seam versus the cover two, um, which is perfect. Uh, where it now, if this was cover three, you see, you have, you'd have the deep safety. You have you have one, two, three. He's probably trying to split those the 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 cornerback and the safety. Um, but because it's cover two, he sees this. He's going to work towards that, which is why you know it's a good route from the uh, from the tight end right there, understanding where to run versus different coverages. And so you say, oh well, you know, does he have a good understanding of defense? Can he run uh, or get open versus zone coverage? That's exactly what you're what you're going to try to look at. <coughs> Okay, so this is when I like screens. Um, I'm sorry for coughing and taking breaks like that, but like I said, when you're talking for an hour by yourself, you have to kind of take breaks to drink water. <clears throat> um, so this is one of those plays where it's a numbers advantage. Um, now, I don't know if he checked this or, he, or if he has checks in his offense where he's, if he sees numbers advantages like this to the top of the screen, obviously you have three guys split out wide versus either whether it be th- you want to call it three guys or four guys if the safety can come over but it's almost like a three by three um at least for a, a decent decent gain here um and you have the right tackle pulling actually or you have the right tackle you know coming out so it's actually four versus four at the maximum right here so you have four versus four if all these guys hit their blocks to touchdown even if more of a miss it's a if, if the running back can make one miss that's fine or even if he can't make one miss it's still a, a relatively big gain um so you see t- you know four guys to the top um, one of them being deep middle. So it's, it's almost like, you know, three to the top or almost two to the top. If this linebacker blitzes, like let's say if they're playing, they're like bracketing this this receiver right here, which is like why having a number one receiver is great or not even a number one receiver. I hate, I, I hate that term, but um, having a big threat is great. If they're bracketing him, if this linebacker blitzes, then it's four versus two. Um, if he plays over, then it's, then it's you know, uh, four versus three. If they both play, it's four versus four. So either way, you're, you're most likely going to win here. That's just, uh, like I said, it's, it's most likely a check in his offense where he has these type of plays. Um, but you have the, the, sing, the swing screen. You have the, the number one receiver on the top. Um, not like a great block, but he still he blocks him. You have, the, you have Juwan Taylor right there who comes out who doesn't lay a great block either. You have the number two receiver who will, uh, works up to that uh, that deep defensive back on top. Or if I pause it, you have failed block, failed block, okay block, um, and it still works out on this play where he cuts back inside um, and he goes for a touchdown. Even 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 the, the block right here by the by the top right here. So you have bad block, bad block, bad block, bad block, four bad blocks, but it still works because of play design. Um, 
and boom, it's a touchdown. This is why you need fast guys on, with his offense, all these swing screens and checks the screens and all this type, uh, different type of thing. So let's see what this uh, play is. Split, Y, flex, slot, left. Okay. Um, and I'm just talking about the, the, the Y flex right here because the Y is not – he's not on the uh, – he's not tight to the, to the right tackle, so you can call him a Y flex. Uh, it's an isolation. It's a Y iso with a, with a Y flexed out with a split gun set uh, slot formation to the top of the screen. And this is definitely one of his big, big concepts that, that he likes uh, with the – it's, it's a three-level read again. But this is just a post wheel with a, with a flat um, here. And this is one of those decisions where – Tannehill just – and I understand there's a little bit of pressure in his face, and he just dumps it off right here to the, to the flat uh, who, who's not involved with any type of concept. Um, but I think, he comes, he, I think he comes off of this way too fast um, at the top of the screen, this off, off of this read, because, one, they're showing cover three. Yeah, they're showing cover three. I, I, whether it be um, – he's going to drop back into that deep third on the uh, boundary side, or if he plays down, which he does, and then they, they switch responsibilities with 35 right here taking deep. It's a cover three look. And it, the, the, the post right here is meant to do exactly what it's, what it, or it does exactly what it's meant to do. It takes this defender who, who, who has to take any, any vertical um, route from the, from the top of the screen right here uh, and eventually pass it off if he does break down a post and then play the outside. Um, you have to pass it off to the to the middle the middle third, um, which he does. You know, he does a little bit too late. Um, regardless, it doesn't get the thrown, so it's not a big deal. But this is a good concept, and the reason being is the post wheel. Unless this, even if this linebacker does carry this uh, the, the wheel route um, from the number two, or actually, is it a linebacker? No, it looks like twenty. So if that safety does carry it um, well, you're going to have the flat route. So that's, that's going to be open already. Uh, this is first down. So you have, you have the flat route. So you'd have these two defenders occupied. You'd have him occupied by him. And then you have a flat route. That goes for a minimum of five yards, maybe 10 yards. If this linebacker jumps on this, you're going to have the, you're going to have the, the, uh, the uh, wheel route. The post is kind of it, – it's more of a distraction than a route that he's actually going to look to throw, especially versus cover three because it's going to be taken. Um, but you, if you look to the top of the screen right here, um, obviously, Tannehill looks away way too early because there's a little bit of pressure right here. But I think as soon as he sees this linebacker kind of squatting at this point, and you know this this post is going to be taken by this uh, this uh, cornerback, he needs to throw the ball or at least be ready to throw his ball to this wheel route. So at this point, you want to see him slide a little bit of pocket, step up, hitch to this side. Uh, maybe maybe you want to pump you want to pump or look at this uh, the the post to occupy these two guys, and you throw this route and look how open he is. Even right here, he's open. Uh, unless this unless this cornerback has fantastic hips and acceleration and balance, he's not going to be able to get to that post uh, that wheel route. The wheel route is open, and he dumps it off to the to the flat. So it's just it's non uh, stop with with this guy. Um, next play, uh, Y trips right stack weak. Okay, so yeah, yeah, the motion to the to the stack right here. The stack is to actually no, it's not even it's not even. Oh, the running back is weak. So you have a gun set, running back weak, uh, the one receiver side. You have the, the Y off. So it's a Y off trips uh, to the bottom or Y off trips right uh, with the stack. So let's see what happens here. Yeah, man. So they're showing 
they're showing cover one again, which it, which it is cover one. Um, you have, so if you look at it, you could, you could definitely tell because you have the blitzer, you have the cat blitz right here from the corner. Uh, so the corner blitzes, which you need to recognize, you have this linebacker in man on the, uh, on the Y off tight end right there. And then you have this uh, linebacker in man right here. So it's a cover. It's, a, it's definitely cover one. Just straight cover one. It's not cover one holes, not cover one Roberts, not anything like that. Just straight cover one. And again, what they do is stack receivers. They release stems and they run a streak seam with a double move. So uh, streak seam called verticals as well. Um, but I'm going to call it more of a streak seam. And what that's doing is one, it's you're isolating two vertical routes versus two receivers. I mean, versus the defensive backs, which is, which is hard to defend if you have receivers who can win. Um, and what happens is because of that double move with that, with that out and up, um, the out and up from, from that number two. So he's number one because he's the farthest from the quarterback. He's number two because he's closer. So that's how you, when I say number one through three, number one through four, the, the outermost receiver is number one. So you can have number one, number one, but he's number, he's number one boundary. He's number one field. Um, so the number one field um, switches releases, which they switch releases or switch stems. Um, because you'd expect him to his vertical send them be here, his vertical send them be here, but they switch stems if you're following along with the mouse. Um, so they switch stems. Watch it's a, it's a switch switch seam a, a switch streak seam with the out and up from the um, number two. If that makes sense, that that's that is what it is though. Um, and you have the defensive back right here who jumps hard on that outside uh he's most likely at this point he's probably he probably looked inwards towards the quarterback um because he reacted a little bit late to that and he plays it poorly as if anything so if you are going to jump double moves like a lot of people have questioned about double moves um if you are playing that that receiver okay that's fine uh, obviously if you look in towards the quarterback you're screwed right there but people say, okay, well, even if you are looking towards the, the receiver, if you're jumping down on that, he's most likely going to beat you, you know, vertically. So how do you play a double move? You play a double move by playing that upfield hip. You don't want to play, you don't want to play outside because they're going to just cut inside you, which is exactly what happens. But now if he's playing that near hip, so if he plays more um, inside towards that near hip, if he does try to cut upfield, there's incidental contact. So then you then you can play it. Then you can flip and run. But if you're playing it too aggressively to the outside, you're just going to cut you know uh, upfield inside of you, which is exactly what happens. So he plays he plays that double move too far outside. If he's like I said, play more inside as he as he breaks on that on the second portion of that out and up, um, and then the incidental contact and it's not open. Um, but what happens? Tannehill steps up into the pocket. Uh, he gets he has he has room right here to slide outside or even just kind of stay where he is, but he slides up unnecessarily. He brings himself into traffic, and he's not able to throw the ball. Um, but if he, if he was a slot and had better pocket awareness and pocket mobility or whatever you want to call it, I would just say pocket awareness doesn't I mean pocket mobility. Um, you just want to see a slight slide, which isn't a lot of pocket mobility. As soon as he sees he, – he should be looking at the bottom of the screen, the screen right there with that switch release, uh, streak seam, double move from the two. Yeah, from the two. Um, he sees this. This ball should be right here. This <laughs> – this defensive back, uh, Millie Cooker, is not in position. Well, at least if Millie Cooker was not injured this game, that's Millie Cooker. It looks like Millie Cooker as well. Um, he ha he's in a tough position. Even if he does play over top of this and he cheats to that to that uh, the the, uh, the side with the two receivers, if he plays if he plays the the post or the seam route, um, 
this is open. If he plays this over top, then the then the the post or the seam route is open. So um, either way, he's put in a tough position right here. Uh, and with what happens with that with that corner jump, uh, jumping on that double move, uh, the out and up, he is Kenny Stills is wide open right here. You do not get more wide open than this. If he sees that right right here, you see a little slide in the pocket. He hitches. He steps up. He throws the ball right here. Yeah, they're even, but he's he's in full sprint. He's still flipping his hips to transition into a full sprint um, up the field to get vertical. So he throws the ball right here, and most likely it's a touchdown. Uh, what happens? He gets sacked um, because he's not good at read defense. He's not good at pocket mobility. He doesn't have good pocket awareness. He's not good at sliding the pocket. Um, he's not good with transitional foot, uh, footwork. Uh, transitional footwork is just going from read to read and transitioning in your footwork to be able to throw up to that guy that's transitional footwork. Uh, second and nine. Let's see. Multiple guys open. See, I don't. I don't help myself out by saying, "Okay, well, this is this is this type of this is this type of uh, you know concept or whatever it may be." Um, again, it's another post. It's an, it's another uh, post wheel or like a seam wheel right here with like a Yankee concept tied into it. Uh, the the Yankee comes from from the the post right here and the deep over route, um, but it's also a post wheel because you have the post from the inside of the seam route and you have the wheel right there from the, uh, from the, um, let's see what he is. He's the number two. So, uh, two by two gun running back week. That's a flexed out Y. Um, and there's multiple guys open on one play. So if I pause it at, at that, at, at any time, really you have open, you have open, uh, cover. This is a, um, this is little bit. I'm trying to see exactly what it, what, what the defense is. I thought like defense like this where they where they're switching a lot and things like that. I have, to, I have to watch like many many times to to know what it is, just by responsibilities and like go through responsibilities. Okay, well he did this receiver. He did this. He did this. He jumped. So what exactly is it? Maybe it's more of like a cover two jump. Um, but regardless, I have to, like I said, I have to watch that many many times. Um, but you have multiple guys open on one play. Open, open, open. That's three guys with with five guys running routes that are open. Like I said, he is wide open. He is going to be wide open. If he can fit this in here, he's open. It would be a tighter throw because you have, uh, you know, that safety right there jumping onto it. But still, uh, good concept. Multiple guys open on one play. Um, and I don't, I don't, we didn't really see the result right there, but I don't care. This is one of those plays, uh, third and three, a little bit too fancy for me. At least that's how I labeled it. Uh, you have a empty set, uh, three by two gun, uh, three by two gun to the field side. Let's see. Uh, when I call this too fancy, um, so you have a, you have like a, okay, yeah. So this is like a switch smash concept. Um, so instead of like a usual smash concept on the bottom, it, it, it happens both on, on the top and the top and bottom right here. You usually have like a, like a hitch or a curl, uh, a short stop, and then you have a corner route. Um, but they switch. So it's a little bit different where you have that, you have that outbreaking, um, like hitch route or sit route. And then you have, uh, this, this, uh, receiver who does not run a great route, but he's working outward. So, it's a switch uh, smash concept to the top and to the bottom, and then on the middle, um, you have this. Uh, you have the you have the whip route. Now maybe it's just a snag, and he's just working to the open side of the field. Third and three. Don't don't love this um, this this look. 
uh, versus what turns into be a uh, cover one, you can almost call it cover one robber, um, or just like more of a, actually it's almost like more of like a cover one hole because he's not really robbing. It's just more of like a cover one hole with just the safety working down as that hole defender instead of a cover one robber. Um, but a little bit too fancy. Now, could he hit him? Yeah, he could. Um, but that safety or whoever that is, number 26, it looks like played that terribly. So um, I don't love this concept. Now, maybe he could hit this uh, inside receiver, the number three on the whip right here, and it turns into a first down. But it's just it's, it's too much on a smash concept. Uh, so you have to throw it a sideline or, the, or you know two sideline type of routes. Where this this is a difficult throw from hash even to even to this like this uh you know shorter route right here that's not an easy throw uh, especially where some man look um to to hit that it's not going to be easy this is not an easy throw so you're almost like kind of taking these guys just out of the play running a smash concept to the bottom right here he's open but he's gonna have to catch the ball and turn up field um regardless and if he played if this this defensive back played it better he's not going to be open anyway so then you're kind of almost like isolating like okay a whip route yeah do I love this? No. Um, like I said, too too fancy on third down. We showed that twice already. Uh, but I think that's one of his one of his issues, and one of the other issues of not going back to concepts uh, concepts that work. Now there are, you know, three or four concepts, whether it be that twenty two personnel spot or the uh, post wheel or the sail that he likes to go to or mesh. But there's some other ones that I just didn't see. Um, enough. So this is a uh, you have a wing right here. So a you have a three-by-one single back uh, with the wig. Running back is not – he's neither strong or um, weak because he's in the middle, single back. Uh, play action. All right, so this is a spin concept uh, to, to the bottom right here. So you have the um, tight end working on that, on that stop route, and you have uh, the deep dig over it. And this is if you, if you want to look up a spin, this is a spin. Usually, this is an option route. Um, he sits down. Uh, he he most likely can break back outside, um, but he sees that Tannehill is already getting getting rid of the ball right here, and he probably sees this linebacker right here um, in his peripheral, so he's not going to break back out. But this is a spin concept, um, and it's a and it's a high low read. See, this is again. So you have the dig that's open. Um, you have a blitz from the safety, man, man, zone. Oh, so there's some zone. This is, there is some zone where it's like a cover. It's almost like a funnel one. You have two guys underneath, but it is a cover one look. Um, so it's mostly man. Um, this spin, the spin part of it, um, the, the short stop uh, hitch occupies that linebacker. And then you have you're isolating this corner versus the dig route, which is almost impossible to guard. And he's open. Um, now, is it – it's an easy throw. Um, he has pressure in his face right here from the uh, safety who blitzes. But still, this window that he has, and this linebacker is not going to make that play because he's occupied. Both of his hands are on that tight end. This is a big window um, in the NFL. And what does he do? He sails the ball over his head because he has pressure in his face. He's not good with pressure in his face. He's not good at moving the pocket. He's not good at reading defenses post-snap or pre-snap. Um, there's just nothing that Tannehill did minus a few throws here and there that impressed me, but every quarterback's going to make a few throws here that, that impressed me. This, again, this is more of a general accuracy throw. This isn't pinpoint. You have to put it, you know, in this exact location to, to make the play. This is a general accuracy throw that he, that he cannot make, um, which is not good. Even with pressure in your face, it's not a, it's not a good throw to miss. So, um, this is another one right there. 
next play. Uh, let's see. I wish I could just like continue sharing instead of clicking off back and on, back and on, whatever. Uh, why, why off trips with a stack? Uh, again, we already went through that with the running back week gun set. So this is a Texas concept to the top of the screen. We're not going to look at the bottom. Um, he, he, did this, he did this a few times, uh, and I like this. Um, so it's third down. So it's third and nine, uh, Texas versus cover two. Yeah, cover two. Um, and he mostly has an option either to, either to just continue it vertical or run that post, depending on middle of the field open or middle of the field close. So when you read my articles and you hear me say, or you see, you see MOFO, M-O-F-O, or M-O-F-C, that's what I'm talking about, middle of the field open or close. So cover two, middle field is open. That's MOFO. Now, if this was cover three, you'd have one, two, three. That'd be middle of the field closed because there's a guy there. Um, so he has he most likely this this uh, tight end um, or receiver. It's, it's actually as a receiver. It looks like Devontae Parker has that option for for MOFO or uh, MMOFC, and it's a good concept versus cover too because you're working to them inside of the field. These linebackers right here, uh, especially on third down, are going to be more sensitive to deeper concepts. Um, so they're going to carry him. So this is a good concept because you're occupying this linebacker. You can either throw it to him or if, if this linebacker sees this, this angle route, he's going to jump on that and then you're going to throw it to the middle of the field where, where it's open right here. Um, and it's almost more... It's almost like more of like a almost like a Tampa two now maybe Tremaine Edmonds just because and I'm saying Tampa two because he's Tremaine Edmonds is opening his hips and shuffling, uh like shuffle bailing to the middle of the field right there, so maybe they're expecting him to to get to that spot of that that safety right here but the safety doesn't play it well anyway um once he sees this 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 vertical route breaking you want to see him jump up and and cheat up a little bit more than he is so if safety doesn't play it well Tremaine Edmonds doesn't play it well because it does look like Tampa two, the linebacker carries it um, not far enough. But even if that linebacker did play that well, carries it far enough, boom, the angle route is underneath. Um, so that's a, that's a Texas concept where we have the, the, uh, the streak or the post or the seam route, whatever you want to, wherever it turns out to be. And then you have the, uh, the running back working underneath on that, on that angle route. So another concept that I'm not sure if I've shown uh, this or in this episode yet or even, even in the last episode, but we did see Texas a little bit more. Um, you know, you know, down the uh, down the stretch of the season, um, three by one running back week gun set, uh, and we have another one. So this is a, this is a wheel. Um, they're showing man uh, corners over. You have and they're just playing on different levels because you don't want to run to each other like the Jets did so frequently here. So post snap, you have to see this. Okay, you have a deep guy. This is not. It could be an exotic cover three look, but it does not look like it. You have to see a lot of rotation post-snap to see that to confirm it. So pre-snap, you want to see cover one, um, which I which he does, I believe. Oh, does he throw it? Yeah. So, okay. So you see cover one. You have this receiver right here who works inside. Um, you're assuming that one of these, which the, the hand-in-the-dirt defensive end right here, the uh, – Looks like a five, maybe a little bit wide of a five. Um, let's just call him a five. He actually has the running back. So, you're, so looking at this, you're going to assume that this uh, linebacker has um, man on this running back, which he does not, which does not matter as long as one of these guys have man on him, which they do because um, it is cover one. So this 
in-breaking, like you call it a snag, but it's really like a pick route. Um, you can call it a drag, call it a snag, but it's not, it does, it's not really meant to be anything. It's meant to be that pick, which it is. Um, maybe it could have been called because he reached for contact here. Um, and did he, he didn't really affect him, honestly. And this is one of those things where <clears throat> you have a couple things. So with that pick route, um, rub route, you, you're making this line. You're making that that guy in man coverage, whether it be defensive end or linebacker, make a couple decisions. Um, go underneath and get beat deep. Go over top and, and get you know get contact from the from the uh, his uh, friend right here, the defensive back, or try to go through that uh, you know uh, the the receiver, which is not gonna he's, he's not gonna be able to do either one of those things. So if you're isolating a uh, linebacker or you know the edge defender um, versus you know, in a cover one look with a pick route again it's almost impossible to defend unless you have really really sound and, and good communication where now this defensive back is going to play this but that would be more of a zone look or if they just have an automatic like switch type of a um, you know switch call where they're going to to, to switch their man which is uh, that's going to be hard to execute so um Tannehill sees it. He's reading it the whole time. He, he looks like he holds that safety a little bit at first as, as he's looking to the middle of the field. This is a throw. that This is just a really, really stupid throw for him to make um, in terms of how he throws this ball. So when he goes to throw the ball, he knows, the, the, he knows that the safety is going to be jumping over to this because he sees him one cocking back. He sees him looking over here. So you know the safety is going to be over top. He's, he's, this, you have a running back versus a defensive end. Just fit the ball in there. Throw it with less, with, with less air under it. He throws it here. He leads him to the 30, 35-yard 30, line. Easy catch. Now, he could put the brakes on, cut to the middle field. It could be a touchdown. Or maybe it could just be he tackles him to the 40-yard line, and it's a 20-yard gain. What does Tannehill do? He floats the ball up there uh, for, the, for the running back. who He overthrows him on one. And two, even if he puts it on him, he's going to get rocked right there, which he does get rocked. Um, he actually stays on his feet, which is you know nice showing a little bit of power right there and balance. But um, he he needs to just just he needs to put a less ball, uh, less air under this ball, fit it in right at the 30, 35 yard line, and you have an easy twenty yard completion, if not more. Uh, but because he decides to float the ball for whatever reason, because he's not a good decision maker, uh, the ball falls on incomplete. And Tannehill he's awful. I before before I I started doing this, I really thought Tannehill was going to be one of those guys. Like okay, well, or he was one of those guys. Like you know, maybe early 20s, <clears throat> maybe late teens are the best on a good day uh, type of quarterback, but he's just not. Uh, he's, he's really bad. He's really bad. Um, so this is, a, this is just a concept. They're attacking cover three. It almost, it almost works as like a uh, – you call it almost like a deep mesh or almost like a Yankee where you have the uh, – you have number 10 right there, which is Stills running the slice route. You call it a skinny post, but I don't think he takes enough steps um, in that vertical stem to, to make it a skinny post. I'm going to call that more of a slice route where it's literally just a, like a, ang- just a straight-up angle as soon as he breaks off the, uh, the line of scrimmage. I'm going to call that a slice route, um, which, again, versus cover three, which they are showing, uh, cover three, um, is a really good concept. Unless you have a linebacker who's going to drop back, uh, let's say, you know, 10 or 5, 10, 
15 yards, um, which is not really going to happen on cover three. Usually the depth is like five to seven yards um, for those linebackers. Um, so the linebacker is not going to take it because one is cutting from the outside. So he's not really even, he's not even really reading it on um, that first. The play action helps. So there's a couple of things. The play action helps suck up the linebackers, which clearly it does. You have all four linebackers who are breaking into their zones, um, all, um, all biting up, which is, which does exactly what it's supposed to do. They're not in position to play this uh, deep sit route. Um, and then you have these two guys intersecting, which, okay, you have cover three, so he's in a match any vertical vertical st- – or he's, in, he's playing the vertical stem if, if it's cutting to the outside. Same for him. But because both of these guys are breaking inwards, they're both trying to pass it off to the safety. So the safety, is, he's screwed. If he takes this, this guy's open, unless he's going to switch and, and take that vertically, which is not most likely going to happen. Um, the safety plays it safe. He takes that. He deep, he takes the post, and boom, the sit is is open because this uh, this defensive back or the, the cornerback is trying to pass it off to the safety. This, but this uh, the slice route is occupying that safety. They're trying to pass it off to the play action makes those linebackers bite up. Perfect concept versus cover three. Uh, really, really nice job by by Adam Gase there. He hits it for the first down. Moving on, we have about. We're on 49. We have 58 plays. We have about nine, nine, ten plays, whatever it is, um, left to go. So uh, this is another one. Um, same type of concept on the bottom right here um, where you're going to have – not on the bottom, sorry, at the top. Um, where you have, again, a cover – it turns into to, – uh, turns into – yeah, it turns into cover one, uh, cover one hole. Yep, cover one hole. So it's, 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 there's a lot of rotation here, so it's not, it's not it's as easy to read post uh, pre-snap, but it does turn to cover one hole. Blitz, you have man, 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 co- uh, the, the cover one, the deep safety who's free to play whatever he wants deep, and then the hole, the underneath defender in the middle. Um, and what does Tannehill do? He locks on to one receiver. You see him drop back. Look, even, even pre-snap, or as soon as he gets the ball, he's looking left, looking left, looking left, looking left, still looking left, still looking left, still looking left, and throws the ball. And you're throwing a corner route versus a defensive back who has leverage over the top. So is that corner route ever going to really work? No, not really. You're just expecting uh, Stills to make a fantastic play um, and, and get open. But hey, Tannehill, if you look to the top of the screen where you where you you could see post snap, they're starting to rotate into a cover one hole look. A uh, smart quarterback would see that. You're going to check the top. What happens? That receiver running that pick route hits the hits the uh, D linebacker number fifty eight, which I believe is Alexander Lorenzo Alexander. I could be wrong, but I think that is him. And wow, the running back is wide open. Uh, he has both. He he does not have vertical leverage on him, but he has he has leverage to the outside where he could fit. The, look, boom, back shoulder hit that. Or you have faith in your running back who is, uh, <clears throat> which is Gore, I believe, uh, to outrun Lorenzo Alexander, who's like seventy eight years old. Um, so he needs he needs to check this at the bottom. You can't just stare down one side of the screen, especially when you're noticing cover one and you have a pick route and a wheel on the bottom on, on the top of the screen right here. So fit in right here. It's most likely a touchdown. What does he do? Tries to fit in a ball versus over-the-top leverage on a corner route to Kenny Stills. Does not work out. Uh, the dude is bad. Um, this is another one. You have Texas, uh, Texas concept. Uh, you have a stack to the bottom, or you have a uh, three-by-one gun running back weak Y off trips stack. Yep. 
left or bottom. Um, so another Texas concept, and this is I, I can't I can move myself. I can see myself talking the top. So this is a third and seven. Let's call it another cover two look. Same exact thing that happens before, or but it's a little bit different. So now you have these two top of the you have the two uh, defenders and the uh, you can call it a hook to seam and the curl to flat. Yeah, yeah, the hook to seam or hook to curl and the like I said, hook to seam, hook to curl and the hook and the uh, the curl to flat defender both occupied by that seam route. Um, seam post, like I said, he's running to the middle field open because it's a cover two. If it, if it was cover three, you just keep up running up the seam. Uh, and they both are occupied by that. What happens? Frank Gore runs an angle route from that Texas concept, and he's wide open because that linebacker and the defensive back uh, carried that seam route. He's boom, open, and it turns into a first down on third and seven because of a, of a Texas concept. So Texas concept is very good versus cover too. Um, you know, a little bit ballsy for third and seven. Yeah, but you're depending on that linebacker and the, the corner not play it, you know, fantastically. But another good concept for him uh, to run. Let's see here. Only a couple plays left. Uh, then we'll be back next week with with uh, Greg Williams to switch to the 4-3. Like I said, if, you, if you'd want to know now, because like, oh, you know, it's already been like a week or two. Uh, let me go and, and watch or, or I'm going to read this. Go on Twitter. Look up my moments. If you go to my Twitter and you look up moments, I have a whole uh, thread. Uh, on Greg Williams and what I learned in his concepts and what he runs and uh, what his problems are, what his strengths are, the type of blitzes he likes to run, all this stuff. Go on Twitter and find it, uh, JRB31, or you could just go on internaljets.com and look up the articles, uh, type in my name on the search bar or whatever. Just, you can type in a search bar, Greg Williams, you'll see Joe Blue, Greg Williams, Henry, whatever. Uh, so go check that out, or you can just wait till next week and we'll be talking about it with uh, Marcus um, if he is here, which most likely he is. Um, so let's see. All right, typical cross concept um, right here. Usually, like people call it Y cross. You have the you have the you have the Y crossing on the over route, and then you have the um, the vertical route here. But I'm gonna call it a cross concept. It's not a Y. Um, so you have a cross concept, um, and this is another one where it is first and ten. And what happens is versus this. Almost looks like cover. They're they're playing. It looks like cover four. Um, so I'm not sure why they're playing cover four, but it does look like cover four. Um, and nobody has the the over route from Devonte Parker, and the receiver beats that 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 uh, number twenty seven, which is Tre'Davious White, who's actually a pretty good corner. He beats him on that on that stutter and go um, double move, and he can throw the ball here. So if, so if he so if he's planting and he's and he says let's talk about like this like the footwork is just not good right here he's not ready to throw the ball, um, but if he throws the ball here to the outside this could be a completion. Um, he throws the ball you know he, he hitches to so throw it here 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 he throws it he takes that extra kind of like crow step and he throws it um, and he leads him too far vertically. And a little bit too far inside, where if he's to throw the ball here and outside on a little bit more of a line drive, that's a completion. Even if you don't want that, though, you think that's a little bit too risky of a throw, you're not ready to throw that, or you don't want to throw that, he's open right here. And this is going to be for a first down. So instead of throwing the ball deep, 
um, which he could have done if he threw if he threw it here into the outside, like I said. If he just decided to throw the ball earlier to Devontae Parker here, this is a massive window in the NFL. Even though the safety is jumping down on it, this is still that's still a big window, a big enough window to hit, um, especially right there. There's no way if he throw if he throws us here, is a safety going to get there before Devontae Parker does? So, one guy open here, another guy open here. What happens? Um, the ball falls on incomplete because of Tannehill's decision uh, yet again. So three by one, Y ISO, uh, two guys open. I put crap route. I don't know what the crap route was. I'll probably see it. Um, well, the crap route was from the Y ISO right there. That's what it was. Um, okay, so um, three by one. Um, three by one gun set. The, the running back is the strong side because you have the uh, the Y here who's he's almost in line. I'd say he's a flex out a little bit. Um the three by one uh gun running back strong Y flex. Uh and it's a Y ISO because he's isolated versus this side of the field. We have three guys here, the Y is ISO. Uh so he runs a like I said a crap route. It, it turns into a man look man man um these are some they they play this wrong one guy is supposed to take this underneath route but they do not um which hey look you could have thrown that too uh it is first down um if he's reading the side of the field this is again wide open he does not throw that he decides to throw versus um versus linebacker i think that's milano i could be wrong again um but i think i'm right uh he, he decides to throw to the to the fade route from the um tight end who the, the linebacker has good leverage because he plays it. He plays a crap route. That's, this is not a good route. You're, he's breaking automatically to the outside, um, which lets the now – if, now, if he's breaking to the outside because he's playing inside and you cut back in, maybe that could be a better route because he's playing too far open. Now, if you cut in, okay, I can, I can accept that. But when you know you're breaking out on a fade, what you want to do is you're going to want to release vertically. You're going to want to get on his toes to make him uncomfortable, get him on his heels. You're going to want to get past them. You want to stack them. As you stack them, when you know the ball is about to be thrown, you cut out. You cut out uh, towards the sideline. What does he do? He bows out wide, uh, allowing him to cover him from from the jump. Now, like I said, bite on his toes, stack them, which means you're you're getting on top of him. So you're going to hold your line and stack him. Uh, hold your line just means that you stay on your line, uh, stack him, and then you cut out but he just bows out automatically, which allows him to just open his hips and just run with them. So terrible route from the tight end, um, which I believe is Gasecki, which I said he's a, he's, a, he's a crap player. He's not good. He, he has to develop a lot to be anything I'm ever going to be afraid of. Um, the only time I'll be afraid of him is if a really slow linebacker's on him. But even here, this is a, a, you know, a normal type linebacker. He's not Milano. He's not a freaking – he's not Luke Keekley or anything like that. He plays it really well. Um, and the ball is incomplete. So – one bad decision to throw this ball. Uh, if you are going to throw this ball, if anything, because of the leverage inside, so if he's inside, so you have this space to work, and he's playing over top, or he, yeah, he's playing over top, he's uh, over top leverage on him. Um, what you're going to want to do is hope that the tight end is is on on page with you, and look at this. You throw a back shoulder. Now you let him post him up a little bit right here. You're, you're gonna have contact. Uh, at the last second, you're going to show light hands. Uh, those light hands come. At, you're going to look back to the ball and flash your hands up to catch the ball instead of being really prepared for it and, and having your hands up too early, which allows the, the linebacker to play your hands. So throw it to the outside uh, like a, like, you know, because of the leverage. But he leads him vertically. Bad decision there to, to one, throw the ball. 
to two where he throws it to, because like I said, this is open right here, back shoulder, and this is open underneath. So you're, you're noticing a trend here, and this is, okay, complete, uh, incompletion. How many times have I shown an incompletion or a bad throw because of Tannehill? This, this, is, this, this is not what Sam Donald had last year. Sam Donald um, obviously is an up-and-down year, but he did not have this many guys open. You guys, if you guys stuck with us through the entire year, all the concepts that we broke down, there was nobody running open for Sam Donald. And this was on top of having no running game, on top of having a bad uh, offensive line all around, a little bit better pass blocking than run blocking. That's not saying much or saying much, saying much. So uh, Sam Donald, I think, is going to flourish. If they get an offensive lineman or two, they get another receiver, they get a running back. Um, with this offense, like I said, I, I think it could be a, a very good offense. Um, just in terms of terminology, not in terms of terminology, in terms of X's and O's, I think it's a very good offense. Um, they obviously need the pieces to fill that offense. Now, if you're going to get, you know, let's just say you add uh, whoever it may be, uh, Matt Paradis, the, the the center, and like Roger Saffold, the guard, I believe he's a guard. Um, or even if you just add one of those guys, then you add a guy, uh, you know, another tackle in the first or second round. You're taking, you're taking care of two or three offensive linemen. That's great. You sign Le'Veon Bell. You're adding another weapon who can catch the ball. That's great. You add a Golden Tate. Um, that, that's good. I'm not, and I'm not saying this is unrealistic. I'm saying signing Le'Veon Bell and signing a guy like Golden Tate. I'm not saying trade for Mike Evans, get Le'Veon Bell, you know, draft two guys in the first. Like, I'm not saying all that. Like, these are realistic options. If you add, like I said, an, another skill position um, or two skill position guys, one being a receiver, one being a uh, one being a receiver, one being a running back, the running back has to be able to catch the ball and run routes. We, we've seen so many times that uh, with these running backs running routes versus cornerbacks, running smoke screens, all these things. Um, they need to be able to split out wide. They need to be able to be fast. They need to be, have yak. Uh, now, Le'Veon Bell isn't the fastest guy in the world, but if you get him in the open field um, with blockers, he can make some things happen. So you, you add him, and you add a guy like Golden Tate. Uh, now, people might not love that idea because he's a little bit older, but at the same time, Golden Tate is – he's not what he was with the Lions in his prime, but he's still a good yak receiver. And I've shown so many times in this, this offense that he likes to throw screens. Now, will he throw as many screens? Um, into the game plan, is able to with the with the Dolphins with the Jets um, going into this year. No, I don't think so because I think he has more to work with the quarterback, so he's going to throw more uh, deeper concepts. But he's still going to run some screens. It's undoubtedly going to happen. Uh, you have Golden Tate to to execute those screens. Um, that's that's great. And you have a Nunwa. So people are like, okay, well, Nunwa is he going to be the guy who runs with the ball after the catch, or or is he going to be the blocker because he's great at both? You had a guy like Golden Tate that that, that adds more versatility because Golden Tate's a super competitive player. He's going to be able to block better than Devontae Parker, who's a shit blocker, or, or another shit blocker in Amendola. Like, they did not have guys who could block. Uh, Chris Herndon can, back, uh, can block better than Mike Gusecki. So the Jets have better blockers for these type of screenplays. Now they have to work on the, on the players who run it, whether it be, you know, I, I think Elijah McGuire can do a little bit, Trent Cannon here and there, but you add a Le'Veon Bell, you add a Golden Tate. And you have Quincy Nunwa, they're, they're, they're your guys. You don't have as much speed, but you have more guys who break tackles. So it's going to be a little bit different. Now maybe they add a guy in the fifth or sixth round, a receiver who could who try to fill that Albert Wilson role as well. So then you have Golden Tate who could block and run. You have Quincy Nunwa who could block and run. Uh, you have Le'Veon Bell. You have Trenton Cannon who can who, who's pretty fast. I don't think he's going to be a Kenyon Drake. You have Elijah McGuire who can catch the ball. You have a pretty versatile offense. You add an offensive line to get. 
more than you know a yard on first down. Maybe you get three, four yards on a run. That'd be fantastic. Um, I think this offense could be could be pretty damn good if they invest into it this offseason. Now with the defense, um, they need an edge rusher. They need corners. They need a lot of things. We'll talk about that next week with the switch to the four three um, and what that, what that's most likely going to look like. But I've shown plenty of times where, and it's not like the it's not like the freaking Dolphins are working with Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell here. They're looking with guys. Their best receivers are. Kenny Stills, Albert Wilson, uh, Kenyon Drake at running back, and Frank Gore. If I went to a, a casual football fan's house and said those names, I'd be like, I, I have no idea who you're talking about. Um, now, if you add some market names like a Le'Veon Bell, uh, this this can be pretty a pretty good offense, I think. Now, the defense has some work to do, but uh, I think this could be an exciting year. Um, now, am I worried with the coaches with like in terms of you know Adam Gase and how he's going to get along with Greg Williams and Dowell Loggins being here. That worries me. But just in terms of the X's and O's, with the hope that the Jets make a, the correct pick at three, um, and uh, uh, with the offseason money they do have to spend, now they only have like 39 guys under contract, meaning they need to sign at least like 14 guys to, ha- to field an NFL roster. So they don't have room. They can sign three, four big names. They do have enough money to sign. Matt Paradis and uh, Roger Saffold and Le'Veon Bell and Golden Tate. Like, that's their offseason if they do that. You sign those guys, um, and then most likely you're going to draft a defensive player at three. I know people hate that, um, but like I said before, uh, the guys I have reviewed so far um, and the guys who are I, – I honestly, the, the top three guys in the draft right now are Nick Bosa, Josh Allen, and Quinton Williams. And – People, like I said, might not like the idea of drafting those defensive guys, but those guys are on a tier of their own. Those guys, let's say they're, they're A-pluses, where the next tier of guys, whether it be like Jonah Williams, uh, Greedy Williams, Cleveland Farrell, uh, Ja'Kai Polite, Brian Burns, uh, DK Metcalf, Nikhil Harry, wherever guys you like, those guys are like A-minuses, B-pluses. So are you going to take the best player available? I think that's the best option especially if it's one of those guys. If Bosa falls because of guys trading up to, to, to tra- get quarterbacks, awesome. And <clears throat> even if they don't, um, one of those three guys is going to fall. Bosa obviously can play 4-3, uh, play pretty much anywhere. I don't think he's as good as inside as people think he's going to be. Josh Allen, I think, is a little bit more risky than Bosa um, in terms of boom or bust, but Josh Allen could be – one of the top edge rushers in the league where Nick Bosa, I think kind of kind of tops had it, like maybe like 12 to 13 sacks, which might be really like, Oh my God, that's great. But Josh Allen, I think is one of those guys who could, who could be at 19, 20 sacks like for a couple of seasons. I really do think that highly of him, but he also has a lower floor where he could maybe be his floor being like, you know, five, six sacks a year because of some things that we'll talk about with technique and some of the things I want to see him add to his game with uh, counter moves and things like that. And Quinnen Williams is, um, when I show you guys the review of him and I do it on Twitter, the guy is, he's an absolute monster um, from technique to pass rush moves to just everything. Uh, I have a lot of things written up on all of those guys that I'm going to share with you guys, obviously in the next couple coming months. But one of those three guys uh, at three, I'm going to be ecstatic with Jonah Williams, really good technique. Uh, I haven't reviewed his film yet, but I did watch enough of him to know what he is really technically sound, powerful guy um, is willing to smack you in the mouth. And you like that. But the thing that he's working against is his arm length. And people say, oh, you can overcome arm length. Yeah, sure you can, but it's still a detriment. Uh, on the edge, you need arm length versus guys who like to do chop moves and rip moves and swipe moves um, and long arm moves. You, you need, you need uh, 
long arm guys at tackle with at guard and center. You want long arms, yes, but you can overcome it because it's it's more close quarter combat in a phone booth type of things where isolation on the edge versus Khalil Mack and Von Miller, you want to get your hands on first. That's really, really important. You want your hands on regardless, but on the edge, it's even more important. You want to have that arm length to reach out as they're running the arc. If they're trying to keep you off with a long arm, you want to be able to swipe that down or get your hands on their chest. And uh, Quinn Williams doesn't have the necessary arm length to necessarily do that. Or not Quinn Williams, Jordan Williams. Um, so... You know, we'll see what happens with him at left tackle. Maybe if, if he does move the guard, he's a pro ball guard. I think like automatically. Um, but do you want that at three over a guy like Quinn Williams, who would dominate the inside with Leo Williams in in this uh, fourth rate? To be honest, he's just going to dominate. Um, Nick Bosa or Josh Allen, I'd be ecstatic with any one of those three guys. So we'll see what happens. But uh, moving on, I don't just kind of went off in a random place there. But uh, tight bunch, bunch, they're tight, tight bunch. Uh, Actually, you can call, actually call it running back strongly because he's he, the 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 wide, He's actually in line, so he's actually a wide tight end. He's just standing up. So the running back is actually strong because this is a closed side. Even though there are more here, if the running back or if the tight end is on the side um, in line, it's always going to be that strong side. So tight bunch right here. Um, okay, so this turns into yeah. See, this is another good concept where this you're trying to throw. Um, there's two guys who are open on this play. All right, yeah, so you have the running back who's running the swing route. He's working across the field on the, or working behind the quarterback on that swing route. And this is I like this concept for for a couple of reasons. Um, the swing route actually does get open, uh, and the swing route is open. Some, uh, you know why? So yeah, so like I said, there's there's a couple of reasons. There's there's two guys who are going to come open on this route, or who they're who they're reading. I'm I'm assuming. Um, now they throw now Tannehill locks on this the entire time the swing route, and why this is because of why this why this is because of this or should I say this happens because of um, this this wall right here that's created. Either one of these guys, so this defensive back who's on man on that drag or Tremaine Edmonds, they're both most likely going to get locked up or hit by one of these guys crossing. You have a short crosser intermediate crosser, deep crosser. It's going to be hard for Tremaine Edmonds to play this any way that's going to, to, to uh, in, any, in any angle that's going to get to this, to this running back. Because you have the short, which picks him, and he's in man, uh, picks him, and Tremaine Edmonds doesn't play this very well regardless. Uh, he reacts way too late. Um, if he does see this, he should work underneath this and try to get out to this outside and tack him at the one yard line. But you're still isolating uh, open field one versus one, and you're assuming that uh, whoever this is, which is 32, which I believe is Drake, is going to have the speed to outflank him and get to the sideline. But uh, he gets picked, so it's an easy. It ends up being an easy touchdown. But I also like it because it works with him too, because this corner is going to have to decide to play underneath intermediate or over top and there's three guys in all those zones so there's gonna be traffic even if it just take even if it just throws them off a step or two it's going to be open see and see how that you have so you have three you have you have uh, sorry three guys working with three guys following them so that's like six layer that's like six guys in a layer of guys that that corner on the uh, top of the screen that have to work through to get to the receiver who the receiver is is he's open um now if you play this better you're saying he's not open and he's not open necessarily right here because if Tremaine Edmonds plays better, um, then he's open right here. 
So it's I like that concept of the three crossing right there, uh, the tight bunch. So nice to see. Um, moving on, like I said, only a couple more plays. One, two, three, four, five. Five more plays uh, to go over, and then we'll exit or get off or whatever. Um, next one. Uh, okay, so it's another three-by-one with a Y-ISO gun set. And see, again. Um, so this is a touchdown pass, but oh my god, it's a touchdown pass. How is this a bad throw? He throws the ball here to this to this deep uh, over route. In, in a lot of worlds, is this going to be open? And you know, nine out of ten times, is this going to be a completion? Probably not. He gets lucky here, I think, um, or I, I would say I would say he gets lucky. Um, and instead. Look at the top of the screen again. We've already talked about this. It's another one of those. Like it's it's a little bit different than no. It's it's, it's a wheel. It's another wheel. The the running back or the uh, the receiver, the number two receiver right here, just works a little bit upfield to put him in position to pick him for the number one to pick him. So look who's wide open again. Uh, obviously, that number twenty is trying to trail. Um, this is pretty much as open as you get. The pick right there, open, throw that touchdown. Easy. That's an easy throw. You have all this room to throw that ball. Just lead him vertically uh, to the sideline, inside, whatever you want to do. Easy throw. He throws the ball with this. Now, if this this uh, defensive back has better awareness and he plays the receiver um, instead of letting him get behind him, this is this is most likely a, a interception or a tipped ball or an incompletion. Kenny Stills catches it, but this is a bad decision to throw this ball, even though it resulted in a touchdown. Um, because of poor play from, from this defensive back when this is wide open. So um, another play where he just did not see the guy wide open. Uh, four more. Let's see. I form strong wing spot concept. Okay, so I just showed this. Remember, uh, if you go back to the, to, to the play uh, on the one-yard line, again, you have the I formation with the, with the, uh, the uh, fullback strong because he's not, he's not normal I formation. You have, you have the, fullback here and the running back like 6.5 yards behind the, the quarterback but he's he's strong um so you'd say you know tight tight at tight end right strong so tight end right strong eye formation but he's but it's strong because he's flexed out a little bit uh to that to that strong side um and again the same exact play before um now maybe guys are lined up a little bit differently um, because you have the the tight end wing running that the the, uh, the the two routes of the spot concept instead of a receiver out wide, but it still is a spot concept. So it's a little bit different of a wrinkle, but it's the same concept where that running back picks up that edge defender because he's unblocked. Awesome. You have the the, the fullback who is a who is a tight end who you're mostly have is like Chris Herndon or Tomlinson or whoever this may be next year. Or maybe you know you can sign Kyle Rudolph or whoever it may be. I'm um, working out to the flat triangle read, right? I said before, I showed the exact same thing. Triangle read, spot concept. We have the the snag, the corner, the flat. Um, so one of his con, one of his go-to concepts out of uh, this is twenty-two personnel with a wing uh, eye formation. So I liked it. Definitely, definitely like this um, concept. And you have multiple eyes open right here. Um, now that corner is not open, but you have obviously the snag that comes open because he throws a ball most likely, but that uh, flat route from that uh, tight end slash fullback is open. So spot concept on uh, out of 22 personnel is one of his uh, favorite concepts for sure. Um, motion, sprint out, pick route. Okay, so let's see what this is. 
All right. Um, so again, that motion, um, helps him ID man coverage. Um, and what you're doing is you're making the corner uncomfortable where he's not able to set because as you, see, you see as soon as he gets into that slot, um, that motion wide receiver, the ball is snapped. So one, he's already playing uncomfortably because he's in motion, doesn't have time to get up into his face or anything like that. You have Devontae Parker, the outside number or the bottom of the screen number one, running. He, he's, he's running a rubber out or a pick route. He's trying to get in the way of him here. And again, what this does is with the, with the sprint out, where people think this is the sprint out, this is the sprint. This is the out. Uh, so you have the sprint out. And what that pick route does is, it again, puts the corner in a, in a man situation, in a pretty much impossible situation. You cut over the top. You throw the ball here. It's one versus one. You have to, you have to make an open field tackle to, get to, to, to stop the touchdown. You cut, try to cut through it. Obviously, you're screwed. You cut underneath it. He has leverage. He's going he's to throw him open vertically. There's just, it's, it's pretty impossible to defend here. Now, maybe if he, if he instead of kind of hesitating here, and he, and, he, and he saw what was going on with that uh, number one receiver. Now, maybe he can play over the top, and it doesn't work, but it, it's a really hard position for the cornerback to, to play. Throws the ball, and it's a touchdown. Um, so, another good concept um, that Gase likes to run with that, with that sprint out. Um, two more plays here. Bump, uh, empty, bunch-wide, stacked, handy, misses, blitz. Oh, okay, so I remember this one. Um, yep, so... Another decision I do not like from Tannehill um, for a few reasons, and this one took a little bit more time to go through to explain. I'll try to explain like step by step without getting lost. Um, so pre-snap, one thing I want him to notice is if you just cut this in half, you have four guys versus three. If they blitz, you have to get rid of the ball fast, correct? Yes. So he has to recognize that that blitz, that overload right there. What happens? That whole side blitzes. Two of two of these guys drop back, which does not matter. These three guys are overloaded any, or those three guys are overloaded anyway. Um, versus these these like four guys, because you have this this uh, guy who occupies the center, and then you have two versus three right here, which never is going to work out. Um, you know, for them. Well, actually, that center is occupied by that by that one, and then the, this this guy picks him up, and it just it just screws up the whole the whole offensive line with him uh, overloading and then dropping back. So blitz is coming. He has pressure in his face. He gets hit. But what I want him to do is overload. He sees that blitz is, is happening. Once he sees, there's, there's, there's the two routes here. You have the out route and then the almost like a, almost like a fade. Once this corner passes off, so once this corner passes this off, this, this, uh, this point man, once he passes it off to here, okay, he has the out. Look the other way. Now, if he carries it, now, if he was to carry this up the field, then you can then you can look at the out route and throw that out route. But because he passes it off to the deeper side of the field, um, as soon as you see this, look to the other side. He's not carrying that that vertical that vertical stem, so he has to look the other way. And even if he is reading that, which I don't want him to read at first in this type of situation, you have you have a bunch set right here with the point man, two guys be, uh, flanked behind or you know behind him. One, it's most likely going to be open. Uh, what, what ends up happening here? So you have the point man running vertical, um, which is occupied by the by the press, the the, uh, the press of the, uh, the the up front corner right there. He's open. It's it's it, it doesn't make much sense to read this, especially as soon as this corner comes off. When you have when you have the number the number one out here open 
underneath this like clear out type of route um, from the, uh, the the top wide receiver, the, the on the line of scrimmage wide receiver. He should look to that side, boom, throw this, and it's a first down or at least a gain instead of just staring down the left side and just chucking a ball up there. That's bad as well, too. Just chuck the ball up there on what is first down and which could most likely – it could lead to an interception, especially when you're chucking the ball up there. When he's playing over top, it becomes a jump ball. He picks it off, boom, you don't get a field goal or you, or you don't get a chance to kick a field goal if you don't get the uh, first down on the next two plays. But instead of even reading that – you should have been reading, reading this um, where you most like in these type of situations when they're showing this versus this, this bunch, you most, most of the time you're going to have press the point, which is like a jambo type look, uh, press the point, which he does. Uh, you're going to have first in first out or you're going to have first in or sorry, sorry. First out, second in first in second out, if that makes sense. So he has, he's a first guy who comes out, he has a second guy who comes out. They both go out, uh, these two guys. Um, now, if he, now he has the first in, so he take the first guy coming in. He would take the second guy coming in if they both cut into the inside after this clear out. So um, versus type of look you have, to, you have to assume that's going to be the look for the cornerbacks. Um, and he, the, this, this inside cornerback, is going to take that vertical stem because he's the first guy breaking inwards towards him. And then you have uh, second, second out which is going to be this guy because he's the second guy breaking outwards. Um, and that's going to be most likely be open because look how far he's playing off. So it's just – it's a bad read from Tannehill. Uh, did not like to see that. And then uh, let's see. This is the last play, and I said too fancy on third and one, which I said was one of his problems. Uh, if you want to go back and read my whole write-up on Adam Gase, I'm not going to read it word for word here, but some of the biggest problems were not going back to concepts and being too fancy on third and one and being too fancy in general in some plays. Um, but I wrote up a whole – like couple hundred word article on him to go with the film um yeah see that i don't like this whole this whole uh play action with the with the edge unblocked here so you have you have this uh, right tackle like blocking down like it would be a actual like a, an actual run play the running back leaks out which is not even it's not a good play action it's not really fooling many people unless you're an idiot <laughs> um if this route gets picked up by the linebacker or the uh the cornerback he pretty he pretty much has no outlet minus Amendola, who if Amendola gets walled off by a wall defender, pick like a defensive end drops or the or the linebackers walling off. This gets walled off. That's in man that uh, this uh this route from the running back gets covered up. You have no options with an unblocked edge. Do not like this. This is this this happens too frequently with the unblocked edge rollouts on third and one. It just it, it has to stop. What he wants to do is everybody gets fooled. They all butt up on the run and then there's a wide open guy, but it. Obviously, does not happen, um, and uh, he gets he gets, takes the sack. Now, leave your blockers in. Run a couple of short crossing routes. Get their freaking first down. Run a quarterback sneak right here. There's 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 a little bit of room right here in in both of the a gaps to run a quarterback sneak. Run a dive. Run something. But the the unblocked the unblocked rollouts with multiple factors having to happen for it to to work out. One bad coverage or a zone coverage where they carry too far. Uh, don't want to see it. So. Uh, that's the end of that. Um, Adam Gase's offense, like I said, we just went through 59 plays in two shows. Um, so I hope you learned about his offense. If, it, Like I said, if you want to go through the review, then you can do that. But um, because the Super Bowl is Sunday, um, we're going to talk about that a little bit. And uh, I have a couple of my guys from uh, my police station going to the academy tomorrow, so good luck to them. I know they don't listen, but regardless, uh, it's going to be like nine degrees in a parking lot. We're going to get screwed up for three hours, so have fun with that. I remember the last Super Bowl, I couldn't even really watch it because uh, 
what they do, you have, to two, you, have the, you have the couple of hell days and then you get home that Friday, you don't want to move because you can't, you literally can't move. You're so sore. You, it, honestly, it's hard to even reach over and grab your phone and turn your alarm off in the morning because you're so sore. I'm not joking. It's 12 hours of the hardest work I've ever done. But then that weekend, they give you like a 30-page handbook. You have to hand write, draw the pictures in it. So it basically takes almost a good 18 to 19 hours to, to write it. Um, you can't screw up at all. They'll read it. And uh, the Super Bowl last year was actually my birthday, February 4th. And uh, it was that Super Bowl Sunday. It was my birthday. It was awesome. That would have been an awesome birthday. Go out you know, to a bar, you know, drink on my birthday. Super Bowl, awesome. Uh, no, I was sitting in my house writing a, a, a handbook and had to go to sleep at like 8 o'clock because I had to wake up the next morning at 3.30. So that kind of sucked. This Super Bowl, I'm going out having some fun for sure. Um, but we're going to pick it because it's, it's happening Sunday. Uh, both Marcus and I are 72, 49, and 1. And because he was in the lead for most of the season, I did come back. I gave him the choice to pick uh, first, which he picked the Patriots 31 to 28. I do not want to finish in a tie. I am not going to do that. I'm not one of those people who's in a, in a meaningless thing, minus pride. It's going to say, oh, I'm going to finish in a tie, pick the, the Pats too, because I also do think the Pats are going to win. Um, I'm going to pick the Rams 30-26. to 26. Uh, Going to be a good game. Uh, it really sucks because how much happier are Jets fans when the Patriots aren't in the playoffs? Not in the playoffs. They're always going to be in the playoffs, but not in the Super Bowl. Like if this was Rams Chiefs, that'd be f- how much fun would it be? But like we're watching the Super Bowl, and yeah, it's still fun. But that thought in the back of your mind that Patriots are going to walk away, with their, Tom Brady's going to walk away with his sixth ring. Yeah, sixth ring. Um, it's brutal. It's like you get nervous. You don't want to see them win. I hate Patriots fans. I hate that area. Well, actually, I like that area. I just hate Patriots fans. They're so freaking cocky, which they kind of deserve to be. Jets fans get caught. Co- Honestly, like. It's kind of funny because Jets fans got cocky after Darnold played pretty well, and I saw him like shitting on other fans, like uh, like Josh Rosen, Lamar Jackson, like talking crap to him. Um, but then they got they get mad at how Patriots fans are so cocky. When can you imagine if Sam Darnold won five rings and we were we've been in the in, in playoffs uh, and to the conference championship, the Super Bowl, like many 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 times over the last like twenty years, we were pretty cocky too. So I, I honestly, it is what it is. But I just don't want to see him win another one. That'd be like pretty absurd. Um, so I'm gonna pick the Rams, but. Sean McVay, first time in the Super Bowl, uh, playing against Bill Belichick. With Belichick has two weeks to to uh, to scheme. I don't know. We already saw Gurley get taken away a little bit by the Saints, and C.J. Anderson play better than him. So can they rely on Gurley? I'm not too sure. Uh, can Jared Goff handle the Patriots? Listen, I, I think Goff is good. I think he's okay to good. But for people talking about him as like a top five guy, even almost like a top ten guy, I don't see it like that. I see him more as a decent, like mid-level quarterback, like somewhere in that like 14, 15 range with Sean McVay as his coach. So it makes him look a lot better than he is, but he got screwed up versus the bears. The saints game, he started off slow. I don't think he's that great. I think the offense is really just that good. Um, so I think Bill Belichick can confuse him um, for sure. Um, the bears beat him badly in week like 14, 15. All they did was just, just make him dink and dunk. And, and play deep coverage on him with cover three. And he just kept trying to throw the ball deep and it just was not working. There was stuff open underneath, but he's one of those guys who likes to, to hit him deep. And uh, I think if the Patriots make him nickel and dime, dime them, 
with some of the trap coverages and things they do. Uh, I think they're going to make him make a mistake or two. He's probably going to throw an interception or two. And I think the Patriots uh, most likely win this game, but I'm going to pick the Rams, like I said, 30 to 26, because I'm hoping they win and I want to beat Marcus. But if they don't win, it is what it is uh, for the Rams. It's got, they have to get pressure on. They have to get pressure on Brady and they have to be able to run the ball, keep Brady off the field. That's really all you can do. Um, hopefully Brandon Cooks gets a big player too, but we'll see. I'm just, I'm praying to God that the, uh, the Rams win this game. So I do not want to see the Patriots, like I said, with their sixth Super Bowl ring where Tom Brady literally cannot fit all of his rings on one hand, which is just beyond absurd. Uh, and the, the worst thing about this is like the Patriots kind of were like, okay, well, you know, if we win this, we'll uh, both Belichick and Brady will walk off into the sunset. Uh, I would almost root for it. But unfortunately, Tom Brady legitimately wants to play until he's 45. He's 41 or two right now. Uh, I forget exactly, but he does. That's his goal. 45, I think, is going to be his last season. I think he's going to play another three years, which is crazy. Um, so there's not even like, okay, well, if they win, they're going to walk off. No, they're, they're, they're going to win and then most likely be back next year, at least in a conference championship game. So let's go Rams. Uh, Jared Goff and Gurley and all those guys, Donald, Sue, just, just do something. I, I cannot see. Patriots win another one. So I'm picking the Rams. Marcus is picking the Patriots. Um, we will be back next week. Uh, Greg Williams' defense switched to the 4-3. Does Leonard Williams fit? Does Henry Anderson fit? Does Avery Williamson fit? Does Darren Lee fit? Does, you know, whoever, Adams, May, Claiborne, you know, Tremaine Johnson fit in his defense. We're going to talk about all about that, you know, all of those topics. We'll talk about um, – what players they should look for for the 4-3, how that affects the draft. Does Josh Allen fit as good in the 4-3? Does Quinn and Williams fit better in the 4-3? Does Ed Oliver, you know, we'll, we'll talk about all that. So um, we look forward to talking with you um, next week. Thank you for checking us out. And like I said, uh, you can obviously see all the film and all the breakdowns and stuff like that. It takes a lot of work. Just, just even just to break down the film, just to have on the show, you have to watch many, many games and then cut it and then edit it a little bit. Um, so if you're going to take literally two minutes, not on YouTube, people, a lot, of, a lot of people like write like a review on YouTube. You have to go to the podcast app, just write a review, or even if it's on a review, um, just leave us five stars. Reviews are obviously greatly appreciated. And what that does is it, it, it brings us up the charts. The more we get up the charts, the more recognition we get. Then we get, you know, an ad or two or a sponsor, whoever it is, even if it's not an ad or it's a play mid show. It's just a sponsor. You talk about in the beginning of the show that gives us money um that gives me more motivation to do more shows a week that gives us better sound quality gives us better video quality that gives us a bunch of things so if you just take us like i said two minutes out of your day to, to do it um for the hours and hours we put in every week i'd, I'd greatly appreciate it um jorb31 on twitter i'll be putting up reviews of bell this week um so follow me there and uh we will see you guys next week